0: Very
1: good. Oh, I thought we'd go with a special sting for this week because there's a little bit of a if it bleeds, we can kill it theme because Friday night was a little bit more than what meets the eye for the Carlton Football Club and people can take the piss out of that all they want, but um, it really is. It really does mean more because it did mean more because it had to mean more. Welcome to the Ian Prendercast. My name is Sean Peter Budge. We're joined as always by... Dr. Tim Davis, another eight-point weekend, Dr. Davis.
0: (laughs) Will it ever stop, Sean? How good?
1: (laughs) I just – I thought they were going to – they looked like good things, then they didn't, and then they finished well, and all I could think of was having to have this conversation with you.
0: (laughs) Well, they were – yeah. I mean, we obviously want to talk more navy blue than we do – It does sound uh, like
1: Tim's coming from the bottom of a well,
0: but (laughs)
2: (laughs) –
0: Than the charcoal and ochre, but... Um, oh, no, yeah, is that what they call? It is. But, um, yeah, no, no, two great performances on the weekend, um, both showing exactly how good they can possibly be. And we love the Mighty Blues, but wowee, Toby Green is a special, special, special footballer, isn't he?
1: So, obviously... Get your hand
2: off it, Tim. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, Tim, you and I probably enjoyed Friday night. <laughs> I think we really enjoyed what we saw on Friday night. There was one man who was conspicuous by his silence on the group text on Friday night. Usually he can't help but tell us about how good Collingwood are and how impressive they are and how much he would like us to be like them. It's for Bagganoush. How are you coping after your pies got rolled on Friday?
2: Buenos Saturday Gutsy, Don't be a dickhead. Um, uh, he, I was absent from the group chat because, as per my... I know what what first or second text, I was without power. So I was trying to avoid all um all correspondence to hopefully watch it on delay. And forty minutes later I got to do that. So
1: And then but even in the aftermath you didn't you didn't have much to say.
2: What are you talking about? I I, I was I was I was a very, very happy camper. I was 40 minutes behind you. Tim. So when the game ended, ended for you, it wasn't ended for me.
1: Let the listeners know, Tim, we have to cop a lot of shit from Fab about how good Collingwood are and no, no. none of it on Friday night. No, no. Because no you, you've,
0: you've planted your flag on the hill of...
1: I'll plant late. my flag up your ass if you're not careful, Timbo. <laughs>
0: no, no, but uh, look, I don't disagree with a lot of what you've said over the last 18 months. Um the, the the one thing that is has been obvious about about Collingwood for a long time is they have incredible belief and they're prepared to run out games to the end now whether that's superior fitness whether they're just um again it's more of a mental thing um they've been able to deliver a lot but if you want to be a dominant side i'm a big believer of just being in front more often than not and and just having to rely on a a, a finish and a finish alone to, to to set you apart from the rest of the league to me has never been sustainable and you know, while there were still nervous moments on Friday night, um, the reality is we would completely smashed them off the park, and a few cheap goals to Jeremy Howe later actually put some credibility back into a score that we pants this side. And it in, was hi- in
2: hindsight, in the moment, you, like you always have that, you know, that feeling of you know, hopefully you know this doesn't slip. But when you on the on a rewatch, it was comfortable. Like we had them, we had them at four goals for. You know, most of the second half, more of the night than not. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. Mm. Printer DJ last week was the Judas Priest classic. You've got another thing coming from the Screaming for Vengeance album. It's Judas Priest at their absolute best. Leonard Puglia had a crack at it. He said, "Taking a wild stab," but before I do, I love that it's Judas Priest. This week is letting the pies know if you think you're going to roll over us like last thing you got last time, you've got another thing coming. Base that's basically right. It's Leonard's bit- got the
2: best avatar on. Uh- On the X platform. Does he? Yeah, he's got like the, it's the blue background with a black and white. I know, it just looks cool. Pops. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, okay. Well, you could could take it on board if you want. You can...
2: No, no. I'm sticking with... Do it yourself. My... uh, Your homage. My homage to, to you, Sean.
1: So basically, the song, it's about having a little bit of confidence, some bravado, some belief... There's the line, Helford sings, that's right, here's where the talking ends. So it's, you know, just go out and show us, you're the team we hope you are, and roll over the top of the overconfident old enemy. Uh, some little housekeeping here with the uh, reviews and ratings. There are no reviews and ratings this week. Disappointing, by the way. we we had a bit of a surge in the ratings and reviews, so if you haven't left one, so, please do. Serge, Serge, we have a Serge. Uh, do I still have that? <laughs> do I have that still here? It'll be on. Take It's there. serious
2: because it's very important piece.
1: Speaking of very important piece, we've I've I've done it on the suggestion of one of our listeners, and I do um I do apologise because I I didn't actually note you down, but you'd contacted me and said um sort of asked if it was possible to do a separate channel for the other movie stuff I do. So I have done that. So uh, the Too Long Don't Listen feed is now its own feed, so you can find that just by searching that and uh, give that a follow, give that a like, give that a subscribe, but that'll exist now on its own channel. So And a review. What, no, this is exactly. So while we're pumping up reviews, we're actually I'm asking, could you review the other thing, not so much the Prendercast, if you're in the area. Do both. Yeah, do both. And if you've only done print a cast, do too long. Too long, don't listen. It'll be really, 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 really terrific.
2: I I went and did the uh, the high school movies. Um, it took me a while to get through it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, no,
1: uh, really good. It's Liked a, it. It's a mixtape.
2: Yep. I think I think you're a little bit harsh and can't hardly wait. In the sense, Please. that A lot of talent went on. Fab. From that, movie. I'm not saying was, that it, they
1: did it. I'm not saying that they didn't go on, but the movie itself is sort of just sort of okay. It's fine. It's nothing spectacular. The
2: the song that you could have played from uh, Can't Hardly Wait would have been for Timbo, who's been requesting Yazoo's Only You for about three years on this podcast.
1: Please, mate. Fucking damn, it's a much better song than Yazoo, Only You. Come on.
2: I know, but Timbo Timbo has been requested this song, requesting this song. You know for how requests on the
1: you of all people know how requests on the Ian Prendergast work. DJ Request, <laughs> if you want to request a song, it'll never get played ever, okay? <laughs> all right, we're ready to begin. Let's so go. if you, if you allow uh, me a moment of indulgence here, and uh, some would say that that's all the Ian Prendergast is, me indulging myself. But, and I can, I, and so let, let me get through this, and then at the end, I sort of want to get your feelings and thoughts on it as well. I was actually quite emotional during the last five minutes on Friday night and I couldn't – I didn't expect it to happen. I didn't see it coming but it very quickly sort of – it very quickly like washed over me and the reason is – I don't think I'm alone in feeling this. I, I sort of welled up a little bit because not just because of how proud I was of the team to to win this – this game that we weren't fated to win and no one thought we could win and the blokes put a million dollars on Collingwood to win and <laughs> it was a matter of how far them can we – it's a free swing for the Blues and all that. The dialogue was this isn't our game to win. And I wasn't proud of us – I wasn't emotional because I was proud that we had managed to win the game that people said we couldn't win and because it was a bit of a comma on this run of form we've had instead of a full stop. I was emotional because I think – There's a lot of us out there who are like me. Um, We all love the footy club. The three of us, our listeners, everyone who turned out on Friday night in Navy Blue, everyone who watched it, you know, on telly from home. And we all ride the ups and the downs and we all want for nothing but the very, very best um, for the footy club, for the place. And for me, like my relationship with the footy club goes through dad. So we go every single week. We watch every single game together. Every single day we talk about the Blues. And I mean, every, pretty much, it wouldn't be a day in the year that Carlton wouldn't come up in some guys and wouldn't wouldn't facilitate maybe a long fifteen minute conversation or maybe a one minute conversation. But like in season, our lives revolve completely around the footy club. We miss family functions to go to games, like and it's just a given. Like we're we just not we're not coming to your birthday party because of nah, the Blues are playing, so we're not coming. Like even if it's on TV, it's like no, nah, we'll, yeah, we'll come after the game. So, for me, we've, we, for me, it's dad, and I think that for a lot of our listeners, you know, it, it would be someone. It might be their mum, their dad, their sister, a friend from school, you know, whoever it might be. And I sat there on the on the on the weekend. And I was watching the game, and with dad, of course. And given what we've endured for such a long while now, this season, the end of last season, the Teague days, the Bolton days, the end of mix time, like sharing this really massive satisfying win with dad was just like it was just chicken soup for the soul and there was a moment late in the game we'd weathered the storm and it would it had stayed at about four goals for five minutes and i'm I'm sure again i'm not alone you open up the afl live app and how long's left and there was sort of two minutes left and we were four goals up and like i remember i remember turning to him and sort of hitting him and going we got it like we're gonna win we're not it's over they're not going to get us We're going to win the game. And you could sit there and really enjoy the last little bit, enjoy the crowd, enjoy, you know, this culmination of what had been a really good run, but this is a really big test and how are we going to measure up? And can we, you know, can we measure up in that moment? And and I think Friday night is ultimately just four points. It doesn't mean we get to play finals. It isn't a final. It's not a grand final. It's not a flag, but it's a win of significance. It's a win of character and it's for a fan base and a playing group who is in, you know, endured a pretty chastising identity crisis. And I just remember thinking, when you get that realization that we're going to win the game, and I, I remember thinking, this is what I love. I love the walk back to the car, and debriefing the win, and you know, mocking our opponent, and hanging shit on Mason Cox, and you know, <laughs> you know, taking the piss out of you know, Crips, you know, fronting up to Brayden Maynard and sitting in, you know, I love, I, I, that's my favourite part of following the footy club, is the walk back to the car with Dad.
2: That's beautiful. Yeah. No, that's actually well said. And, and
1: and that was what Friday Night for me was. That moment yeah. where you just went, this is great, we- we're going to win the game and this is so important, but what it means now is the next 20 minutes is the best part of the week.
2: The When, when the emotion grabbed you which obviously it did like it, it we pour as you said we pour so much into this um into this club that you can't help it at times it just it gets you and i've, I've said it on pod you know that going back to the brisbane game where cripper had the you know, second half you know we'll go down in legend it was i just went into my car after it and i just i don't know it just came over me and i just. Bomb bloody eyes out. I think we Fears ultimately,
1: we all, like, you all want to have your faith rewarded and you all want to have something to believe in when you follow your footy club and you all want to see and feel performances like Friday nights. And like I've said for a while now that, you know, uh, footy is sort of, footy is the most important of life's least important things. Like, it actually, in the scheme of things, it doesn't really matter. Mm. But well, It's intangible, isn't it? Yeah, and the elation and the buzz of, of a result like Friday night really sustains you through... Tough periods, and so-
0: some people don't get it too, Sean. That's the thing. Like you, if you commit emotionally, people understand it. Like it, those that do it as well, they absolutely get where everything's at. And mm. messages I got from friends of mine that don't barracks of Carlton or Collingwood, but they just came came to me and said how good you know, and and, mm. and I think they all enjoyed it because like there's a lot of respect for Collingwood out there in the way that they're going at the moment. But knowing that a Carlton supporter that rides it real hard has had a night, one of the nights of the ages of certainly recent times, they're thrilled for it.
1: Well, and this is probably, you know, other people, you know, we had a really, really good win, you know, that incredible win um, over in the last game at Amy Stadium to Amy Park, whatever it was called, footy park, you know, to clinch the finals berth, you know, win by a point and, um, you know, that improbable sort of last quarter, fantastic last quarter. And that was a great win. But but to me and, and I, you know, the outs weren't as dramatic. We knew they were coming, but – it was very much like that, that Essendon win in 2001. We You just thought, geez, the other team's pretty good. You know, we're going to have to be we're gonna have, to have a lot of things go away. We're going to have to play pretty well. Can we get it done? And just, you know, that night obviously it was Bradley, Silvani and uh, Sauce are laid outs on the way to the game. And you front up, you know, for us and it's, you know, Walsh isn't there. Bradley, Silvani and who? Um,
0: Bradley, Silvani and
1: uh, was it? Bradley Sullivan was it
0: Kudo? Kudo wasn't bottom. playing. No, Bradley was Kudo was knee at that stage. Who was it? There was three. Well, Will- Williams and Kernahan were gone. They were three 2000- good players. Yeah, no but doubt.
1: but it was the. We were, I remember walking to the game and overhearing through the through Yarra Park that yeah, the teams insane. had come out and someone said, oh, A, B, and C are they're out."
2: And we're going. we
0: did we win it by five point?
1: No, we actually won. I think we won by eighteen points or something. Yeah, and just
0: Doring played just had an outstanding game or played well.
1: And and for me, Friday night was a bit like that. Yeah. It was probably a real marker in our one of our better home and away wins um, this century. Um, you know, notwithstanding we haven't had too many great wins in that time that actually meant anything, but um, to go in to knock over the old enemy, to do it in the fashion we were able to, to outplay them, to thoroughly deserve it. Um, it was so, so worthwhile. So ultimately, yes, Tim.
0: Yeah, no, no, and I just wanted to add, I, I kind of I kind of missed out a little bit Friday night. I, I, I'd have, like, the strange happening was um, I'd bought myself a ticket to go on my own in the AFL members because um, you had to buy it early, make sure that you're there and all that sort of stuff. So I thought, I'm in, this is good. Very, very late, I got, a, I've got a, a phone call from a friend who barracks for Collingwood, said, do you want to come? And I thought, yeah, look, okay, I'll do the right thing. I'll go with him. He goes with his wife and his daughter and now grandson. They stand in the outer in the MCC, It's mainly Collingwood supporters around us. And it wasn't daunting or, or anything like that, but you kind of thought, well, oh, we're well and truly in enemy territory here. And I mouthed off a little bit, but not the way that I normally would, but it was out of respect for Michael because <laughs> I, like, he was there with his friends and I didn't want to make him look like he didn't. I didn't want his mate look him like make him look like an idiot. So I kind of bit my tongue for a lot of the night, but I was loving every minute of it. Um, and then same thing, we had the walk back to their car afterwards. So I'm spending time with them, just bursting inside and and just wanting to share it with somebody like what you did with Keithy, and um, and I kind of miss that. So um, did you do the? You know
1: I would have done Timbo. You should have done the Leslie Chow, toodaloo, motherfuckers, when you got in the car just drove off.
0: Well, early, uh, this guy, Michael's wife, Sam, at one point did say, you keep going, Tim, you'll be walking home. <laughs> so, and I thought I was quite well behaved at that point. in time.
1: Oh, no, they've dropped out. Hold on, we'll get them back. There
0: we go. And we, we ended up being there. Are, are you back and are we recording?
1: Yeah, we were not recording whatever you said. You said you were well behaved. Yeah. Well, look, that, I,
0: I was well-behaved, and so ultimately I just... The, the, the chicken soup for the soul commentary in the end for me came with a few tweets later on. I came home, I watched um, the first three quarters, and, and it was, by then it was nearly one o'clock, and I just thought I've, I've got to go to bed as much as I wanted to watch the fourth. I held that over to the next morning. But um, just at that point, you just want to immerse yourself in as much... Positive commentary as you can, you, you can, and and still can't believe you know the saltiness of Collingwood supporters that thought um, that thought Charlie Kerno got cheap free kicks and all that sort of stuff, and you are going, mm-hmm. gosh, you got murdered by us, yeah. pure Don't, and simple. Now,
2: hold on. But I keep to, I hate how supporters you can understand because they're always going to be biased, yeah. and They're always going to see through you know things through one black white eye, yeah, yeah. correct. But to hear the media when they're going, they, they, they're praising Charlie. But they're going, Oh, yeah, and he did get a few goals from free kicks. It's like, no, acknowledge the fact that if this bloke doesn't get held, he takes the marks, he'll outmark you, he'll outmaneuver you. And so, you panic and you give away these free kicks. He's earning the free kicks.
1: That it's just as easy to criticize Darcy Moore for grabbing him
0: well, 100%. It's but they won't. And, 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 no, it doesn't suit the narrative.
1: It's just as easy to say, cheese Nathan Murphy was out of his depth a few times and, you know, Charlie used that size, used his presence, really rattled him. Or Darcy got a bit grabby. You know, he's got to be better than that in those big moments. He can't give the umpire a decision to make. So um, I think the interesting, like, the emotional stuff for me, kind of, well, uh, the last part on that, I suppose, is um, I heard Liam Pickering, and I don't want to, I'm not going to go Pickers as such, but he was talking about Matty Owies and the jumper tug thing. And I thought to myself... I wonder how much of this is... I hate pickers. No, well, you, that's your words, not mine. But um, I just thought, I wonder how much of this is just... It's not necessarily for the cameras. It's not necessarily for the crowd. Like, it's, it's for you. If you're the fire starter, if you're, um, if you're the guy, the boxer, we've got a funny thing, the chief energy officer, the CEO, it's a bit of a stupid little hmm. internal thing. If you're the, if you're the guy that gets the team up and gets them up and going, oh, is he sort of that guy, one of those? But that's it's that's to get right. the you boys. Need it. You need you it. Need... It's to get the boys up. It's to get in their faces a little bit. It's to yeah. it's to rankle them. And it's not that big of a deal, to be honest, that oh, i about. practically,
0: practically, Sean, the fact that he comes from a basketball background and basketball is one of the single
1: best basketball background um, player on the court on the field.
0: Well, <laughs> don't, don't, don't go there. Um, but it is a sport where um, momentum swings decide games and, and you can score in big gluts. So however, whatever, however you go about capturing that energy or if you're down and trying to get up off the canvas and get things going, he's a guy that's been there and done that. And he knows, as you sort of said, whether he's given the imprimatur to be the guy that does it for us or it's something that just comes naturally because of his experience. He uses it really, really well. And, and, and again, realistically, if Pickers is seeing it, Matt Owies is not one of our top 10 players. So he shouldn't be a guy that people like Liam Pickering should be watching. But if Liam Pickering is seeing it, then that means Matt Owies is not only doing his job, he's doing it really, really, really well. So mm. I, I say
1: fantastic, melly I agree. You. Oh, it's a 90s banger What do well, you mean? You can't hear it.
0: Judge, you no, know, we can't no hear oh, it. Damn
1: it. You know what it oh, is? Hold on. Hold on. Can you hear it? Hey Here we
0: go. Hey, now, you're an all-star. Get your
1: game on. Go play. Hey, now,
0: you're oh, an all-star. Get the show on. Get
2: Oh, a had smash. a little moment there, Smash Mouth, where they a couple of good songs in a row.
1: Well, they just for a cup of coffee, there, fab. They were okay in
2: the 90s. They had a song, obviously, uh, Can't Get Enough of Your Baby from uh, Can't Hardly Wait. Um, it's it's give, give the film clipper, give the film clipper watch. It's, uh, How does she look in it? Oh, when she enters the high school gym at the end, amazing. amazing the, how's amazing. the
1: photo coming along?
2: I've got to go to my parents to have a look for it. So um, you,
1: it. you're going to do it. Yeah, I
2: will. I will try. I will try and track it. We've down. We've had some I'm,
1: correspondence,
2: <laughs> and everyone wants to see this photo. We've had but, some but, um, <laughs> correspondence, that the
1: people want the photo.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> on my priority list, uh, not that high at the moment. Mini, when who, uh, there,
1: Mini, who wants to be a millionaire? What was the first film to use that uh, song? It was in the video clip as well. Very oh, for All-Star? Very late 90s. Shrek? No, that was later. That was 2001. So what was the... All-Star had a bit of a film tie-in, a movie tie-in, and sections of the film kind of played throughout the clip and particularly at the start. No, it's uh, not coming to A bit mind. of a superhero pastiche. Um, Fab's thinking.
2: Yeah, I've got it, but I can't think of the bloody title. Ben Stiller?
1: Janine Garofalo. It's, uh,
2: oh, now I've lost it. It wasn't what I was thinking of.
1: Paul Rubens, I believe. Pee Wee. Greg Kinnear's in it.
2: I'm it's, not placing this movie. Yeah, it's
1: fucking Mystery Men. Uh, that's what, what I was thinking of. <laughs> I love Tim's just like, ah, oh, yeah, maybe. I don't know yeah. what that is. Um, Whenever
2: I think of Greg Kinnear... I think of um, stuck on you. Actually, Jud, what's what's the uh, movie he does with
1: her? I don't know. He was that movie where he played conjoined twins with Matt Damon.
2: Yeah, Matt Damon. Stuck on you. Horrible.
1: No, he had one funny gag in it where he Matt Damon's Matt Damon's twin got more of the liver. Matt that's Damon. why. That's why Greg Kinnear looked older. I thought that's. I don't know how tactful that is, but it's it's amusing. Um, so why did we play that, Timbo?
0: the Blues are back, baby. We
1: are indeed. So, Tim, we're going to stay with you briefly here. We started the yep. podcast with, if it bleeds, we can kill it, of course, Predator, old mate, Dutch. Um, so much of Friday night actually felt like round 23, 2022. But if we go back in time just a little bit more, what are your recollections of round 10, 2001, Tim?
0: Round 10, 2001. Hmm. Twenty two years
1: ago. That was the night that the that famous sorry, Fabian's just entering a haunted house. He's been told that if he stays the night, he will get the he'll get the deed. Get Uber. <laughs> um <laughs> while you got the Uber, did you see if old mate has some WD forty for that door? so that was the night tim that was the legendary night round 10 2001 that that famous movie quote entered the footy lexicon
0: oh okay i do apologize yeah so i didn't didn't quite follow where you're going um yeah it it, it certainly had it had that feel about it um we we've absolutely seen everything that collingwood have got to give and and yet the form that we were bringing and the aggression and pressure and and just our, our general competitiveness was not something that we'd had a chance to be able to show against a side like that. So it really was a chance to be able to say, is what we get, can toss it up against these guys, is it going to make a dent? Or are they actually that good that they're just going to push us aside and we realise that we've still got work to go? Well, we answered that question for ourselves and probably for a lot of others in the competition as well, and, and I'm all for
1: it. Tim, Fab looks a bit like that woman in the Google Pixel ad whose phone gets infected with malware, you know, and she's like <laughs> feverishly <laughs> trying to click the screen off. And he's like, Isn't he's, she trying to
2: remember her password? Yeah, some, no right, I yeah.
1: yeah. and you, you but instead of that you're getting ready to stuff your pie hole with some kind of dinner. Spring roll. What have you got on offer? What'd you get? Thai. Where from? Thai.
2: Uh epping Thai. Is that the one that we went to? Which is not which is not called Epping Thai anymore. Um, called Love You Long Time. Um, I think it's called Little Narai of Epping or something.
1: Okay, there's a plug for them. I don't think they're quite into Mings' status, but um, very few restaurants well, can ever, ever that, hope to. They
2: would they would do Thai food a whole lot better than Mings, but uh, probably not Chinese food as good as Mings.
1: Mm. Um, so I just wondered that whole thing with. Again, turned to Dad, and I had had that "if it bleeds, we can kill it" moment. And there's obviously the Voss connection. There's the McRae connection. There are a few similarities with the high flying bombers and the high flying uh, Collingwood. Um, be fucking spectacular if we went on to echo what the Lions did. But I just wonder, you know, how much of if at all might that have actually been a thing? Not. I wonder if it was actually directly referenced this. I think what I'm trying to get at is football's got this wonderful habit. All sports sort of do. Football's got this wonderful habit of bringing us back to the same place. Yep. And 22 years later, McRae and Voss, now coaching their own teams, come back around to round 23, 2000. The write right themselves. 2022, we come back around to the same thing. And we all, everyone recognises it. Everyone recognises this is the same thing. This is deja vu. To quote the great Yogi Berra, this is deja vu all over again. And all over again. <laughs> and we're sitting there and we're all sitting there thinking, How does it play out this time? You know. So the question I got for you, Fabi, is I don't I don't say this, you know, thinking we can win the flag. But this could be, this is hopefully a crossroads moment for us. This is hopefully a coming of age moment for us. You know, we've needed a result like this for for years, really.
2: Absolutely. It's so much more than the um so much more than just the four points Do you know what i mean it's it's the psychology behind it is massive we needed to basically we've been on a bit of a journey and it's you know slowly but surely things are coming out now i think you know the players are, and the administrators are a bit more comfortable about speaking about basically the hard truths that were were had at the club and things have been changed, things have been implemented, and it's wings like we had on the weekend that kind of ratify and justify, you know, everything that you're doing and gives you that um, confidence to keep on going. And it, it could be the moment that, you know, you look back on and think, that was the game. That was the game where belief was solidified in this playing group.
1: We spoke about at length during the the really dark days of whatever it was, round five to 13, but we spoke a lot about playing a brand of football, playing a style of football, playing in a manner that actually reaps d- dividends for the for the playing group, for the fans, that is something to watch and believe in and actually kind of, this is working. We're getting, we're actually, geez, we're getting something out of this. Yeah. And what we're seeing in the last couple of weeks culminating with Friday night was having got it so spectacularly wrong for for too long, the about-face and the change in fortune has been driven by, clearly, something that the players actually can relate to, can buy into, can execute, and then the flow and effect of all that is, wins games of football. It's a hell of a lot more fun than kicking six and seven goals a week and losing and being on the back page of the paper every fucking Monday.
0: And, and And we'd sort of said during this period too, Sean, was after after the eight of nine losses and the fact that something had changed, and it felt like we'd found our mojo, but as we'd long said, we left, we felt like we'd left ourselves too little room for error. But you thought if nothing else, we found our way to be able to play moving forward, the season is not a complete disaster. Well, we're now in a situation where the game's on our bat. We're playing good form. We've got a couple of injuries, and that's going to be a concern, and we'll probably talk to that a little bit later on as well. However, regardless of the result this season, you know where you're headed with this group. There's a bit of belief. There's a bit of confidence. Obviously, TDK signed. He said, I'm taking less to be a part of this. He can see something that's happening there as well, at least up until he becomes a free agent, and then if it's a dollar grab thereafter... Then, you know, go your hardest, but all of a sudden not only have we worked out what we're going to be moving forward, there's a free hit to actually create something out of this season if we take care of business at the back end.
1: So I think you know we, we've spoken um, a little bit about the mentality side of things and the motion side of things and I thought that with Collingwood, there's no there's no mystery as to how you beat Collingwood. Like really, there's no mystery. You just have to play hard, accountable football. They don't they don't ask you to be anything but sort of switched on, really.
2: And that's and that's look, you're gonna give them a bit of credit. You have to just saying you're gonna be switched on, you've got to bring the energy and all that. A lot of teams just can't do it. But if you match them in those in those areas of, you know, application in effort and you know, all those kind of non skill related Aspects, then they no you don't look at those at Collingwood side man for man and go, wow. Well
1: that's what you have to break down. You have to break down the myth and the veneer of this this spectacular this team that for all the things I've had to say about Craig McRae, and I've said in the past, I don't think he's a master tactician. I think what he's done spectacularly well, what he's done the best uh any coach in the competition right now and probably the best since um, you know, Hardwick did it at Richmond, was just create that culture of buy-in and that culture of togetherness and what that breeds, again, is belief. That's what he's done very well because they don't, they don't play a revolutionary brand of football. They just play a style of football that really suits them, that plays into the emotion. They got dividends from it because they had those close wins. That, to use your phrase, ratified the way they were playing and off they went. And you go, that's all part of the story, but to beat them, to beat them – you have to look at the team sheet and go, yeah, of course they got, of course they got some good players, clearly. Yeah, Absolutely. They're not the three-peat Hawthorns.
2: They're not the three-peat Hawthorns. They're, they?
1: not the three Pete Hawthorne. they're not the Cats, that great era of the Cats. They're not that great era of the Lions. They don't have that quality of personnel. They just don't. They're a very good team, and they play to their strengths, and they play together. But once you kind of go, what did um, what did old mate Duke he goes, see? He goes, he's just a man, Fab. He's just a man. You cut him.
0: He's, he's just not a,
1: a machine. He's not a machine. He's a man. He's a man. He's just a, he's a man. And that's when the that's moment it. Just, it just broke. And you thought what we were able to do on Friday was so pleasing in that regard. And flowing on from what I said earlier with the deja vu all over again, it was how satisfying was it to be back in the same place but stare them down and then take them down. Tim, we, we could not lose the same way.
0: And there was the worry for a moment there, like you you loved everything that we'd done, you loved the way that we'd played, we'd put our best foot forward, we'd played our brand of footy, we had proven that at times we could be not only better than them, but better by a distance. But we until the siren goes, you're not done. This is a side that has tremendous belief. And, you know, they threw Howe forward and he bobbed up on a couple of occasions and yes, you, you just sort of felt like you had to keep on like last year, that we all said the line was we only needed one more goal, and in the end we kicked six behinds, and um, and 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 the goal that we wanted never came, and and we were one one point short. You know, you, we didn't go into our shell, we didn't try and defend, we continued to attack and play our brand of footy, and we continued to put up goals, and 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 they tried desperately to, you know, really push and run hard and try and get over the top of us, and. You know, to to me, the moment out of everything was the the Sam Doherty intercepted the handball. You know, they we all know they just want to go forward at pace as quickly as possible, and that forward handball when Doherty intercepted, um, and it was probably late anyway. But at that point, point as a supporter, you've gone, it ain't happening today, boys. This is our game, and thanks for trying, and thanks to th- thanks thanks for going back to the blueprint and trying to do what you've done before.
2: But it's not tonight We've got and this. What I what I really loved about the performance as well is it doesn't matter who you play. You know, look at West Coast last week. Every team is going to have a moment, you know, a spell in the game where, you know, things are falling their way. They've got the momentum. But it's not allowing that to be a quarter or a large chunk of the game. Or, or have it be a, a period of the game that ultimately overly affects the result now Collingwood started well bang you know we arrested it you know within five to seven minutes back on they tried a couple of times to as you said timber worked their way through no put a stop on it It, it's it's the mentality that is required look football is a, a very physical sport but Mentally, you've got to be switched on for such a long time. It's such a long game as well.
1: You know what it is and too, I thought, It's a psychological game. Yeah. And, and from you front up on Friday night and Collingwood Collingwood fans think they're going to win the game? Collingwood yeah, start yeah. like they're going to win the game? Yep. And everyone in Navy Blue has this pang, you know, in the pit of your stomach, this... Uh, and I thought the similarities between... Friday night and the last round of last year that you mentioned it, that slowish start, you know, we work our way back into the game, we sort of get the game looking the way we want to, we get on top and then that's when it was different because this time we got the first goal to him. This time the block on Jack Silvani that was paid when Cripps would have kicked for a six-goal lead, Noel Charlie gets the free kick. Yeah. Yep. And you look all these forks in the road, all these little last time this is what happened but this time, no – the opposite happened. It's not yeah. happening. It's yep. not happening. Yep. You know, you, yep. have to be, you have to be conscious of, you have to be cognizant of all of those little things in the past. And again, that's why I love sport. And we talk about baseball a fair bit. But what I love about that, you know, and cricket's sort of less so, but baseball's got that such a rich history of Tim's record against Fab's terrible on the, like he's can't, you know, and the idea is that everyone knows it. And everyone's wondering how you're going to handle it this time. And do we pitch around him or how do we handle this or what do we do with this or do we engineer, we've got to get him to the mound to pitch to you. And there's all this stuff where everyone in the crowd who loves the team, who loves the game, who follows the sport knows it. Everyone at the ground on the weekend all thought the same thing and there was only well, there was: 23 blokes on the field wearing navy blue who could do something about it, but they had to believe they could do something about it. They couldn't wait for someone else to do something for them. They couldn't wait for Cripps to... drag our asses over the line. They couldn't Mm. wait for Weeders to pull in the big intercept mark. They couldn't It's collective.
2: You've got to do a collective.
1: Yes. And that's been the difference in the last six weeks as opposed to much of the previous 12 months.
0: Three years. The team wins
1: together. Yeah. You know, and if you lose together, you lose together. But That's how it goes. So, um, yeah, it was just so pleasing. It was so encouraging, all that kind of emotional and that mental side and that, like I said, if it bleeds, we can kill it, It was just such a – you know, these guys are gettable. They'll give you the chance. They will give you the opportunity if you are prepared enough, switched on enough, and good enough to take it. So the next topic we're going to go to is the coach. So I wasn't surprised to receive a volley of told-you-so tweets in our uh, mentions on Friday night about Voss and people wanting apologies for our... But apologies for what? Pretty much my slating him and not believing him in, in him or whatever. So before we yeah, get on to the talk... Do these same
2: people acknowledge that there's been a clear shift? That. No, no, Sam, that's so the
1: problem. These
2: if, if he remained and we remained doing what we were doing, we wouldn't have won a game since. No. Look at the look at the teams we lost against.
1: So, Mike, my, my response to these people was, This tonight's win is seismic. Tonight's win is important. Tonight's win is comfortably the best win of the Michael Voss era, however short it might be. But let's not have short memories. We were bottom four the day we fronted up to play the Suns. We were legitimately in the bottom four.
0: And we played a horrendous first quarter. Yeah.
1: So at, a, at quarter time of a game against the Suns at the MCG, we were a bottom four team. And that's halfway we more than halfway through the year. We'd gone four and eight to miss the finals last year in the back part of the year. We'd gone four and eight. We'd gone one win in nine weeks prior to playing the Suns. We were dire. We were averaging six and seven goals a week. We were averaging 50 points a week. Something had to give, something had to change, or we had to change. And if anyone wants to recast history, rewrite history, and think that a loss to the Suns, no, 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 they would have stayed the course. He was gone. It was the he easiest. Was
0: that, it, we, we'd long said if, because uh, I think, was it Gold Coast then Hawthorne? Yes, I, I, I said if if, if, if I said if we didn't beat Hawthorne, he wouldn't be coaching us after the bye and um and and again what what was being dished up we couldn't we couldn't be satisfied with, and uh, again if there if there were people that were saying, stick fat, stick, fat, stick fat, trust the guy, all this sort of stuff, um yeah, okay there, there's probably been a little bit of a reward for that mentality, but with that reward has to be the recognition that while at the helm, he has changed what he was doing because. What had been happening just wasn't
1: working. If we want to celebrate a great coaching performance like there was on Friday night, and again, we need to be we need to be pretty even-handed here. We haven't had too many of those under him where you actually thought our match committee's got this spot on mm. against a good team. They needed to get it spot on. They needed to get their homework right. They needed to mentally prepare us. They needed to get everything to go out and compete against a good team. You know, we did it against Sydney last year, which was good. Did it against Frio. Yeah, But we also had the calamities against Collingwood. We had the really disappointing result, obviously, in Adelaide. Again, we had another one this year. There are, there are more failures to launch than there are, like, take-off. And that's just a fact. So if we want to celebrate the great coaching performance on Friday night, we have to recognise that there's a level of culpability for a catalogue of bad ones. And the fact that they've got it right is fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. So... Fab, just while you're stuffing your pie hole there, um, credit I've been muting credit to Michael Voss for turning things around for recognizing whether he was prompted or otherwise that a change had to happen. But let's not get too carried away praising someone for just fixing their own mistakes.
2: I agree, and we're obviously going to focus more on the positives, yes, for the majority of this podcast, but um. It's not entirely. I know he's the head coach. But it's not entirely on Michael Voss to do everything. And when things were going bad, it's not just on Michael. wasn't just on Michael Voss to go. Something needs to change, collectively. You know, from the footy de- top of the footy department down, people needed to go and rec- recognize things aren't happening. What can I do to help? So, as a football department boss, what can I do to help? As a captain or, or a leader of of the playing group, what can I do to help? As a footy director, what can I do to help? As an assistant coach, as a senior, everyone had to go and evaluate, what am I doing?
1: You know what I hope it came back to? Clear and concise comms. And whether they were In, hard conversations, whether they were long conversations. And that's coming out now. That, be prepared they to had, have them.
2: Vossi had these hard conversations with some players, and, you know, players pushed back. When they needed to, players pushed back because
1: no one, no one person has the solution to everything. I think sometimes too, 100%. I think sometimes too, I might have said this on the podcast in the past, but we can all sit here and maybe take for granted the level of emotional maturity required of an early 20s footballer, even a mid to late 20s footballer, to stand up to and have a hard conversation with a 45-year-old man. There is a there is a, a little bit of a power imbalance there, quite understandably, in seniority, maturity, etc. And some players probably look back on instances throughout their career, 10 years later, 15. And it'd be fascinating, actually, off the record, Tim, to even have that conversation with Kingers and just say, Did you ever have a moment where you reflect on it now, an interaction, or a moment where, in retrospect, I should have said something. Stood up for myself, or stood up for a teammate, or challenged a coach, but because I was 24 years old, like I just didn't have either the wherewithal. I didn't see the moment in the moment. Don't have the confidence. Don't have the confidence. I don't have the confidence. Like, like Usman Kohaja apparently had these legendary, like these rows with um, Langer, where they'd be, they just not have like an an all-out yelling match, but they just have, they'd have a pretty frank conversation about. I don't agree with that. Yep. Or I don't think that's the way to go or whatever. And you go, you know what, sometimes, sometimes, and particularly when you're travelling poorly like we have, all it takes is for someone to go, could we have a chat, Vossie?" And not, not go in on him, not undermine him, not, you know, cut his fucking knees out, but just have a really frank chat about, look, I, um, I don't think what we're doing is working. I don't think it's the way to go. Um <laughs>
2: You can't play the blame game because that'll be no,
1: no. And just go look. We've we've all we've tried it. We're, we're in on it. We wanted we've wanted it to work. It isn't working. We we do need to pivot. So and if,
0: it's the group think mentality, yeah. isn't it? It's if you get too many people thinking exactly the same way, you will never have somebody that challenges the status quo. And you 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 know, good organisations, whatever they happen to be, need people that are prepared to ask the question and not to destabilise. But if, if you can throw enough queries and challenges at the strategy and the direction you're going as a group and you have meaningful discussion and you break it down and, and, and ultimately if you come out of it and you go, no, no, the decisions made and what we're doing at the moment are exactly the right thing for this group, this organisation, this business, whatever, then that's fine. But equally, if along the way you ultimately turn around and go, no, no, um, I think now is the time to... Tweak this and tweak that, and put this person in instead. And as you say, if Usman Khawaja was the guy with the vision and the preparedness to be able to put his on the line to um, to challenge what Justin Langer was trying to do. Then fantastic. And that takes. And, us. And, oh. and as we've long said, what changed at Carlton, we don't know. We don't know where it came from, and it may have come from Voss himself. But we just and we won't. We probably will find out one day, but. But the change to this group in general and the way that we're going about now has been genuinely seismic. And I, I, I don't believe it's a Michael Voss change. But what the change was, kind of actually don't care. I'm, I, I'm curious, but I don't care because however we've ended up where we are right now. Yeah,
1: that, that, the, change has occurred, is magnificent. that, that the change has occurred is more important than what the change was. That's exactly right. So That's exactly right. Because, because
0: because now we have any number of different ways we can go as a group. We're seeing what's working. We have confidence. We've got talented players, and we're playing good footy. And we've got we've got the belief that we mm. haven't long ha- we haven't had that much. And you know, we've beaten two of the top two of the top two sides in the last three weeks, and that that in itself is. You
2: know, <laughs> two but, of the top two sides.
0: <laughs> sorry, in, in two of the last three weeks, we've beaten the two top sides. <laughs> I'll so, what I was trying to say. I've actually got it out.
1: An but, example but, I've got, Tim, here is...
0: That That means we're the form team of the Cop.
1: Well, maybe. An example I've got here oh, is a your, shift in comms and a spotlight... To, got seven. What? what is, what's happening? What are you talking about?
0: Well, he's saying GW has won in a seven. Ride. We've won yeah, six. Okay. But, but the the quality of the teams that we've beaten along the journey I reckon might be a, 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 might have a few extra ticks. Next we've
1: to beaten them. some absolute shit kickers Tim. let's not over let's not overreact like quite seriously. That's
0: why I'm focusing on the two so, that it would. An top example top, I've top got
1: two. of this shift in comms is a spotlight on standards and there was a moment on Friday night which again I'm not in the huddle so I don't know what was said but there's this there's a phrase in football and the way the Colin would play they challenge you and they challenge you to do a few things when you've got the ball. They kind of A lot of teams want you to try to kick through them so they can try to pick the pass off. They're more likely to pick the pass off if there's more space, etc. But what Collingwood do really well is own the outside. So there were moments on Friday night early in the game, but for the main, not for the whole first quarter, but for the majority of the first quarter, if you go back and watch the replay, Collingwood own the outside. Whether they've got the ball and they're spreading, or whether we've got the ball and we're wanting our guys to spread, their man is nearest to the boundary. So they own the outside. And what owning the outside is more than anything else, it's a mindset. It's, Timbo, it's you and it's me. We're direct opponents as the ball's coming out. How I've got to beat you to the outside. And it's a bit like, it's a one-on-one. It's, you know, know when you are going for a bike ride or a run and you see someone on the other side of the road and you're like, I'm racing you to the next set of lights. And you're not saying anything, but you kind of, in the corner of your eye, you're both thinking the same thing. We're racing to a point, just for no reason whatsoever. But the point I'm making is, you and I, it's a race to the outside, and who wins that? It's a mental tick. It's a little win.
0: You, you train two hours in a swimming pool, Sean, and talk to nobody all the way along. You are picking bodies and people yep. to be able to beat to the end every single time. 100%. All the, and, and you can be doing different sets, different strokes, all sorts of things, but those sorts of things keep you um, focused and 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 keep the competitive juices flowing, and and it's it it it, it gets you going. So internally, you're a hundred percent
1: internally on Friday night. Particularly when it was happening in the first quarter, I was like yelling, and not not angrily. I wasn't angrily like you know when some guys are like that guy. You gotta do better than that, Tommy. You gotta be better. <laughs> I wasn't doing that stuff. But you're sort of thinking
2: <laughs> your, that's your tanner voice. That's,
1: he's, he was going, come on, Tommy. You gotta take the body, mate. <laughs> um, I was internally willing. I was going – I was I was internally like going, beat them to the outside, own the outside. Clearly that's what we're trying to do. You're going for a run. We're going for width. Whoever the guy in the navy blue jumper is has to be the first one in that race. And what that is is a mindset. It's a preparedness to work. It's it's everything that you need to you, – your opponent goes, lost that one. Okay, beat me on that and, one. Okay. And, and- then – Beat me what epitomised
2: that, too, is when we we cut out and they they became afraid of taking it. When the Maynard, Maynard had a, a moment where he was unsure whether he wanted to go there, and we forced him to play the middle. Do you know what I mean? So mm. you, you come up against a lot of oppositions and it's that whole defend the corridor, defend the corridor, defend the corridor. But the other ones we were telling is- them. That's the only place you're going, and we're going to chop it off.
1: But more than that, Fab, the other mindset is only outside. If we're racing to the outside, it's a race every single time, and we're going to win every single race. That's a mindset thing. That's little wins on the night. But if you go in the middle, we're in the octagon. So if you kick that ball in the corridor, if you go in the middle, it's fight night, and you've got to be prepared to be clean. You've got to be prepared to be tough because we're going to be Cleaner. We're going to be tougher. We're going to be harder. You know, all that kind of stuff. Fabs, what are you doing? You, you're on the walk around. You're getting yourself a CC and dry. What is this? The practice match. You should come back. Hey, and play, you, should, you should give Cal one. You should give Cal one, and you should give the boys one. You know, wake Harvey up and go, "Hey, buddy, I got you a CC and dry." You'd be like, I "Didn't ask for that. I asked for a so bottle speak, of water."
2: Speaking of Harvey, speaking of Harvey, he
1: Tim first asked for thing a he a did Coke. when he
2: woke up Saturday morning, he came to me and he whispered, "He's like, dad." Did we win? Did we win? I said, yeah, we did, mate.
1: See, that's the moment. I, I, I used to do that when I was too little to go. Dad would pull into the carport. We'd play, obviously, at Princess Park or whatever, at Waverly, and he'd pull in, and the first thing I'd do is, I, and I, you know, I would have been three or four years old, and I vividly remember running up to the door and asking, did we win? I didn't fucking I didn't know who we were. Yeah. I, the understanding of who we were was not really anything, but that's that's what you do it for, uh, Fab. And, and of course, you know you let one of your sons go to Collingwood, so you're not going to have that with him.
2: Well, he um, asked me when he got up as well. He came to me, because "Oh, did Carlton really win?" And I, and I just said, "Yeah, mate, we did."
1: Said you're a fucking loser.
2: We did this. We did this thing <laughs> at night. You know, when I put them to bed, they're always like, oh, Dad, can we watch five minutes of videos?" And I'm always like, "Alright, five minutes of videos." And it's hardcore
1: like German pornography.
2: So I, I generally save appropriate TikToks in like a little folder for them and then we'll go through and watch them, give them a bit of a laugh and send them on their way. And um, so then Saturday night, Alexander goes, oh, can we go to bed? Sometimes they'll go to bed early because they, they know, oh, if we go to bed early, we could watch videos a bit longer. He goes, oh, can we, can we go to bed early and watch some videos? I said, yeah, we can. And we sat there and watched the replay of the Carlton Collingwood game.
1: What did he make Fantastic. of that? Fantastic.
2: Um, he wasn't impressed. goes, this isn't videos. I said, "Well, it is." It's the best it kind of video, video,
1: little man. It's the best kind of video. What type, You say they, they don't usually go to bed early. You usually send them off to bed at about seven thirty.
2: Seven thirty.
1: Is that a late night, yeah,
2: Alexa- You know, Alexander's six years old, mate. Like, so,
1: yeah, but and then you get annoyed when he's up at like sparrows fart the next day because no, he's no. been in bed Ale- for twelve hours.
2: Alexander, Alexander needs his needs his rest, mate.
1: Oh, does he? He's a high-performance athlete, is he? He needs his rest. He needs his eight hours.
2: He, he is. Before he has a shower in the morning, <coughs> excuse me, you wake him up and say, like, come on, Alexander, jump in the shower, get ready for school. He'll strip off. you will look into the mirror. you will flex. And then he'll do a couple of push-ups and then go back and flex, <laughs> flex again. So he gets a little pump going and then, and then reflexes. It's so, a bit uh, weird. I like
1: it. <laughs> he's, like, um, he's, he's,
2: he's that typical little meatball.
1: He is a little meatball, isn't he? Oh, yeah. it's another '90s banger, fan. That's just the way it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. will never be the same. That's
2: just the way it is. Way it is. Oh, feel like I'm getting the Saturday yeah. school.
1: That's to make a change. They're, they're telling me the round the ground scores, fam. the, the, the round the
2: ground scores was Bruce Hornsby That's version. But, uh, that, uh, oh, yeah. Two pack changes was uh, That was a genuine, genuine banger.
1: I'm never be a big rap guy.
2: Still, I see no changes. Can a brother get a little peace?
1: Did you see that Sorry. thing recently? Um. Someone potentially implicated in the Tupac murder. Apparently, he may have a bullet at his house or something that could be tied back to the murder. And I'm thinking that's like this is like twenty something, twenty five plus years ago. Get rid yeah. of the evidence. They you
2: know, don't. don't they in. don't. They don't care to find the um, the culprit.
1: So. No, you're not following this story. Apparently, they've got like new evidence potentially that that tied whoever this guy. I don't know who the bloke is, but the they tie- know who
2: killed him because it was.
1: Yeah, but they may have the actual murderer, not just the the who put the hit on him. And it's some guy. I don't know. I don't know who any of these people are.
2: But make up a name, Sean. Give us a Give us a, Your best rap name. Um,
1: uh, I don't know. It'd be Lil something or Young something or. Or big, or big. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Rotund Jesse. I'm not sure. <laughs> he's not he's, he's skinny. I'm skinny
2: I'm just picturing You know The the Kill And um The Key and Peel um When they're doing The NFL oh, Player brilliant. announcements It's brilliant <laughs> they've just got These outrageous <laughs> names
0: Have you seen that Timbo? You've mentioned it before I'd, I haven't seen it myself But I've mentioned it before
2: As an NFL fan Timbo You would laugh your head off There's then, very few things And then like... You've got the Like the white quarterback Who just goes uh John Collins uh, <laughs> University of Alabama <laughs> <laughs>
1: There's very, very few things in comedy recent times better than I got my ah you Jake Quellen. You would have seen that one. A Eran. A Eran. Balake. Is there a Balake? Oh. Was it Jake Quellen when he sees like Jacqueline? He's going, <laughs> he's like, say it properly. You son of a bitch. <laughs> say like, like, it he properly. Sn- he snaps his folder <laughs> over his knee. It's it's very good. It's very, very, very good stuff. Classic um very funny, very funny pair. But uh, yeah, Keegan Michael Key—he's he's done some really good stuff. And then Jordan Peele's gone on to be like an Academy Award-winning director who just likes making Twilight Zone episodes.
2: They're uh, they're both biracial. Did you know
1: that? I did not know that. That's excellent. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, thank you for sharing that with us. Um, the yeah. next heading I've yeah. got here is another thing, sort of about mentality. We spoke about comms, and we spoke about only outside. And the other thing I have here, the there were three words which I thought was symptomatic of the shift in our on-field fortunes, not just on Friday but in the last however many weeks, and they're on full display on Friday night. Those three words are press to impact. You can't be as lack and as anemic as we were for large spells of the season and expect to compete in a game of football, Tim, let alone against the good teams. And on Friday night, the press to impact philosophy – Underpinned everything on the night. It was, you can't sidle up and corral. You can't let them out easily. Every single touch has to come with a physical consequence, a physical contact that creates hesitation, it creates delay, it creates error. You can't let Collingwood play the way they want to play, chain out. You know, you have to press to impact, you have to press with urgency, and you have to fucking press with intent.
0: And, and look, you're, you're absolutely right. I, I watched, when we played them earlier in the season, we were still playing our slower brand of football. We were trying to pressure them a bit. We were trying to take their game style off them, but they were just prepared to do more of it than what we were. And, and, and we didn't let them do what they wanted to do, but ultimately we weren't good enough to be able to stop them. This time around... The intensity and the want to impact, both with and without the footy, you could just see it, and it was markedly different. And um, yeah, you know, we we always talk the nourishment line. Um, we've had it. We've we've grown with it. We're believing in it, and now there's a genuine consolidation into this is the way that we go about it, and 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 we tested it against these this mob, and absolutely passed with flying colours. So, again, that the further galvanisation of what, what we've gone through, um, you're going to be seeing a shitload more of it. There's it, no doubt about that.
1: It didn't look like, Tim, at our best last year, in the first part of last year, we were winning – use the phrase again – we were winning matches in that D1, A1 phase. We were winning games in the octagon. We were winning yeah. games in the contest, in tight. This is going to be played by the big boys – and if you can hang with it, you can hang with it. The classic thing we spoke about the other week, it's not our fault if you can't hit a curveball. You know, if, if you can't, I'm going to throw you three curveballs. And until you can hit one, that's all you're going to see. So our strength in the first part of last year was contested footy clearance. And then for whatever reason, we just went, no, we can we can be, I don't know if we overthought it, we can be more than that. or That just fell apart. And then on Friday night, we saw just that at its fucking... Best.
2: Mm.
0: And that was both before and after Chera went off.
1: Yes.
2: Yeah. So it's like you you get that sense that, you know, you just mentioned, you know, in the octagon, it's like you get this feeling that we want to be in that octagon. We want to be in that fight. We want to be that team. Whereas, if you want to bring it in tight, you're going to have no chance.
1: Well, Fab, it's and it's you know, what you say there is it's spot on in So the Center Square, more more than really any other setup on the ground, there are obviously stoppages as well where those those names and those bodies are around the ball, but they're supported by others and a bigger structure and framework around it. But it's four on four. And it's the team within the team and it's the line within the lines, that it's our four on your four, our three on your three taking the Ruckman out. And I, th- I, th- I just thought our d1 you know that defensive aspect in tight was fantastic and then better again our a1 was just fucking combative our yeah. a1 was when we win it we're gone and we're going to go through you if we need to we're not going and,
0: and, and I think most importantly too you know players that they've really relied on in the past to be able to do that guys like Mitchell and DeGoey. DeGoey had a night where he tried to do too much and he didn't come up with it mitchell mitchell I think's probably carrying an injury, but he's definitely corked. Timbo corked. That Dakos got a bit of it, but again, he had a, had a night where he couldn't. His skills didn't um, didn't assist, and he didn't. He just
2: it's didn't all about impact. He point. didn't. He didn't impact. Did he, he have create. a? Yeah, exactly yeah. right. And so did he, he, have a he is too. He is too proud, and he's too fit to not be involved for four quarters. That's just yeah. he's always. But did he a, impact? Did he? Did he have a? Did he
1: have the moment?
0: Well, he had a moment where he could have kicked a goal and he sprayed it. No, yeah, I mean, did he have a court. moment
1: where there was nothing coming the other way and he ducked? He, he stood up?
0: He did. He actually did. I remember the moment you're talking about. There was about. nothing
1: coming the other way. And you know what you got to do? You know what you have to do when he does that? Because he is a brilliant footballer. You have to walk up at the next instance and say, you're We're a none. fucking pussy. You have to get into him and you have to let him know. Well, you just have to say, we saw it. We saw it. You go, Who did Luke Parker do that to Shield. Uh, he
0: did it to... Shield,
1: yeah. 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 You have to... It's, it's That's the psychology. And that's what teams don't do against Collingwood. They don't get into, <laughs> into Braided Maynard. They don't get into William Murphy. They don't get into these guys. They don't get into a Darcy Moore if you've given a free kick away to Charlie again. You don't, they don't get into him. They don't. I don't know why. I don't know why teams don't do it. Because they allow Collingwood to play the games emotionally on their terms... For fear yeah, they're
2: probably scared to emotionally well, be get something out of them.
1: Mate, be prepared. Be prepared to go. I didn't work, or it blew up in my face, or go. On, I've got to try something. It's the classic crafty veteran Eddie Harris. I'm throwing everything I can, Skipper. Go on, We're going to try something. We're going to rile you up. I fucking loved Crips, just Crips and Degoe in the at the centre bounces. You hit me. I'm going to hit you back. Yeah. I love Crips standing in. You know, in Maynard. Maynard's try to have a go at Hollands. I think it was. And Cripps spots yeah, no, it Jesse Modlop and Cripp spots it through the contest and just fucking grabs him. Yeah. Love it. If you want to go to war, if you want to have a fight. And do you know what
2: I love? Brayden Maynard didn't react back to Cripps. No, he like, shit himself. Do you know what I mean? It's
1: But this is yeah. who they show you. These some of these players, very good well, it's players. It's leadership,
2: isn't it? It's, 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 it's the
0: leadership that we've not seen. We've always said we've never had an enforcer. But
2: that's the right leadership, Timbo.
0: Absolutely. Don't wait for the don't wait 110%, for percent. It's beautiful.
2: Don't wait for the next contest and Put on a, an unnecessary bump, or, or or compromise your team by giving away a stupid free kick to kind of send a message. Yeah, you know, there's ways to do it. and That's how you do it.
1: When they no, show absolutely. you, when they show you it, it, these it moments, was, it was
0: one of the best things I've seen from our football club this year. And it actually wasn't a moment of play. It was just a um, a demonstration hmm. of um, you're not doing that to us. You are not can't... Doing that to
1: us you you can't let collingwood play the game emotionally on their terms
0: no that's right
1: you can't do it and on friday night oh, whether it was said whether it was said within the group whether it was said by the coaches challenge them psychologically challenge them emotionally don't that was or, shot. don't that let was them
2: shot. you know if you it tag worked. them
1: mate if you tag them don't let them get their feet yeah. Have them fucking stew in that. Have them stew in that Dacos moment. Have them stew in that. It's oh, going to look bad on the replay, mate. It's, it's, you have to get in their head. So, like I said, yeah. our D one was fantastic. Our A one was combative. It was really, really good. And the other word I've got here, fab, which I thought was absolutely spot on, was purpose. You run with purpose. You spread with purpose. You chase with purpose. You tackle with purpose. We spoke recently yep. about not playing as a team, not doing little things which make your teammates' life easier. On Friday night, we played as a team. Adam side covering 40 metres on the spread just to try to get the desperate spoil or try to hold his man up. Ollie Hollands did the spoil back where he ran, you know, did a fantastic gut running um, you know, to get back to the contest to spoil. There were lots of examples of just little bumpers, little shepherds, you know, going up for the contest, etc. cetera. You but it's also acknowledgement
2: of those acts. Yes. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Your teammate does it, acknowledge it, thank him.
0: He's not on an island.
2: Because I mean? well, you do it again. That's it. It's infectious. And when you don't do it, you do.
1: It's, it's the opposite effect. It's all, fuck,
2: he's not going to do that for me. I ain't going to do that for him.
1: Praise yeah. is That's contagious. That's when things break down. You want praise, and praise is contagious. Mm. So in doing that Tim, bringing, you know, that purpose and playing with that purpose, you've got better pressure. You've got better hunt. You've got better intensity, and that, of course, yields mm. a better performance, which yields a better result.
2: It's, and that's, that's all application and mindset. It's all that is. I think for me, your ability, your ability to do it. It's not like we've hit gone through a training camp in the last six weeks. So it's all mental. It's all it's all between the ears.
1: Was uh, Friday night, Timbo, as united and as uniformed as you've seen a group of Carlton players look in a very long while?
0: Absolutely. Oh, I, I, can't, I don't even know how to elaborate more on it. It was, yeah. a, a, as a supporter, to, to be able to see, like we've long talked about individual brilliance as being the things that's gotten us over the line. And, and, and clearly, you know on a day where Charlie... It's a bit of
2: fantasy and imagination, it, you've seen. Well, it.
0: that's it. Charlie Imagination and ago, fantasy, awesome. but the way that we've gone about it, um, everybody played a role. It's, it was little things like seeing Pitnet competed. You know, whether he was starting forward, whether he was down back.
1: Um, <laughs> I wish you could have seen Fab's face. <laughs> I did see it. He was.
0: Um, he had a crack. He, he was not our best player on the ground. But Timbo, he, he was, was fucking be...
2: woeful. Oh, was he
1: woeful.
0: wasn't woeful. He, he didn't need to contribute in a, a, a positive effect. He was right. he was well, his
1: I wouldn't time. go that far, Tim. I wouldn't I would I don't know if that was intended, but he didn't need to contribute positively. Well <laughs> it's no, like, but, no
0: but he was a body at the contest every single time and he was working oh. hard, he was keeping the opposition honest. He <laughs> wasn't a liability.
1: Tim, you know who else was a body at the contest <laughs> every single time? Young Who's for Baganaush against Drew Petrie. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he was a
1: body at the contest every single time and it didn't help.
2: I'm, <laughs> I'm just looking at Pito now. I, honestly, I can't believe that you've even got remotely this this idea that he was a body at a contest. he was serviceable as this. He was he, I'm looking at him now. he's red. I don't know if he's gone swimming on the logo on the wing or something. He's red. everything's all red shorts, his socks are red his, his legs are red. Is woeful. Is absolutely woeful. I'm sorry. Well, well, can I add one? There's, there's more. There's more to being a ruckman than just standing there.
0: No, no, I get that. And, and
2: competing in in a ruck contest.
1: Tim, but who, Fab has played three out. quarters of ruck. Like he is well placed.
0: Who got subbed out for Collingwood?
2: Um, no, no it, was tacti- it was tactical. No, well, Mason, uh, Mason
1: Cox, because he was fucking woeful. Oh,
2: sorry. <laughs> yeah, well, he did not do it anymore,
0: so you can't say that he was necessarily... he, was, no, he Fab was didn't say that Piddo was... Just was... Mark Pitnett, mate, Fab, let's be honest. Fab so, didn't so, say... Well, I actually kind so did just say. he his contest, did
2: he? Sorry, mate, you broke up a bit there. He squared his contest. Against Mason Cox, mate, squaring someone who's not doing anything the other way either isn't hard.
0: Peter, you know, he's better saying, than Mason Cox.
1: And, and I reckon, and well, I reckon, you,
2: But we never going to ask
0: Mark Pitnett to be our best player. That, that's that's my point. All I wanted to do was contribute to the cause. I thought
2: he did it. The um, TDK had one of those almost nights. Yeah, he did. Didn't he? Like, somebody, like, especially marking inside 50. He could have had a two or three goal
1: game. He's not Harry Mackay in that respect, is he? Leading up what, onto the wing and actually being no. a bailout mark, we missed that like you wouldn't have. No, but what
2: about the opportunities to market inside 50? Yeah, but he's not
1: Harry Mackay, so he's not going to take those marks. Like well, some it's of just, them he could have taken. No, but Fab, he's not Harry Mackay, Harry Mackay takes those marks.
2: Absolutely he does. And
1: that's the difference. That's the difference. That's the, that's the difference. Um, excellent stuff. Excellent stuff. We're going to go on to the chicken salads. So this is obviously bring your own chicken salads in addition to the ones that I will provide. So we were sitting at the game, Dad and I, and something happened. Uh, I think Kerno started to get on a little bit of a roll, and Dad had I, I sort of did a bit of the um, what's the um, um, the meme the uh, um, the Bert you know the Bert and Ernie meme where Ernie uh, where where Bert looks up from the book he's like he's reading the book and he's like he slowly looks up he has this moment of realization he looks up he's like oh my god are you seen that meme no cuts I have. You haven't seen this? A legendary meme. Look it up. Go into With GIF. the eyebrows. No, he, he's reading a book and he lowers the book, and he's sort of like the book's covering his eyes, and he lowers the book and looks up, as this like moment of realization.
2: Hold on? Oh, Don't it? Yep. Uh, uh, Ernie, meme, GIF. If you believe, if you know what came up as the first, all the type typed it was Bert and Ernie, and it's.
1: No, you need to go to the gif. Um if Who's do... the
2: guy who died from Cannonball Run? What's his name? Bert God. Reynolds. It's Bert Reynolds in the back of a trunk with an elephant coming from behind him, and looks like he's got a massive. Yeah, reaction.
0: I've, I've got it now. Yeah, he looks up so from you've got the book. Ernie Ernie laughing, and Bert looks up from the book. Yeah. With a, and he's look on his face,
1: and and the gif is like him coming to like you know, <laughs> it's very good. It's one of my favourites. Anyway, I had that moment because we're sitting there watching the game, and Dad has the little slip where he refers to him as Kurnow hand. I
0: like it.
1: And I was like, I had I had that gif moment where I was like, that's fucking amazing.
2: How have we not thought of this? I was like, still how
1: have, surely someone else has thought of this? Clearly, someone else would have thought of this. He's been on an <laughs> AFL list for eight years, but I was like. I actually turned to him and said, you couldn't have come up with that last week when you kicked 10? Yeah. Like, you know, what was going on? So chicken salads, clearly, you know, uh, sticks, Kurt O'Han. Unbelievable. Um, Had a a rough start. (laughs) You like it, don't
2: you? Well, I'm chuckling.
1: Um, (laughs) Arguably the easiest way in AFL football to kick a goal is via a mismatch. Because you'll either dominate your opponent in the one-on-one and use your advantage, whether it be speed on the deck or height in the air, whatever, or you win a free kick because they'll – what are you laughing at? Is
2: Tim's, is Tim's chair sounded like it was about to break. <laughs>
1: I'll, I'll just, I, get a bit, I get a bit nervous. Just ask the odd question. That, I get a bit nervous that Tim's getting fucking further away from the microphone. Um, but you create the mismatch, and that's what he had on old mate uh, William Murphy, old Autumn Leaves Murphy – and you had the mismatch, and you thought every time we can kind of create this mismatch because Moore started the game really well. But every time we can get Murphy and Kerno together, win, and identify it and exploit that because yeah. Murphy probably hasn't—he has no business being on the field.
2: He—I uh, said this in the text, and I don't know if I use—I won't use the word hate because hate's a very strong you, word. You said that you directed him I, I to just, lick your taint. I've got, fab. I've got no time for Nathan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to divulge what was said on text. I already did. Did I just call him William? Murphy? I haven't. Dis- have dis- What's his name for Nathan? Nathan, Nathan, Nathan Murphy. Murphy.
1: I keep thinking it's William Murphy. An idiot.
2: William Murphy. I don't know who that is, but um, no, Billy. <laughs> Billy Murphy. But um, yeah, I just, I just don't have time for him and that stupid headband.
1: He's got to stop throwing himself to the ground. But Kurdo was fantastic, and then when they went to more on him later. And the stage and the stakes and it all just became a bit much and, and Kerno really lifted and his intensity lifted and went with the crowd. He created panic and he created holds and he got yeah, rewarded.
2: Darcy Moore, if you let him do what he wants to do, which is intercept, he's phenomenal. He reads it well. He's athletic. He's got a great pair of hands. Um, make him defend. One on one, he comes right back to the field in a big way. You know what I mean? Like when you hear those Weidring, you know, comparisons within the set marking. Yeah, they're, they're on par. If not, he's probably a little bit better. But Weeders is as a pure defender, has him covered absolutely. Weidring
0: will take those marks with a player on him. Yeah, Moore takes those marks when he's
2: got separation yeah. and he's the third. No, look, Moore's Moore's got his.
0: And, and when he does it right he's dynamic yeah. uh, and he bounces he, he bounces
2: off half back and he's, he's, he's more than happy to go for a run
0: and, and the good thing that I liked was he has long been suspect by foot and on Friday night on several occasions um he was turning the ball over no sometimes he was missing targets sometimes he was kicking it straight to us and you're going okay well you can have an intercept mark but if you give it back to us
2: that's been negated, yeah. so March and Marchie was on the lookout for him. Too. Okay.
1: You know what? You mentioned him before, and this is probably the best opportunity we've ever had to use this thing.
2: You kidding? I am Queen's Boulevard.
1: What that's the player we recruited. And we've Absolutely we've it seen it in glimpses, yeah. we've seen it in moments, we've seen it for flashes, for quarters. That was Jack Barton's best game for the footy club. He set the tone. With his physical, uh, his physical approach on the contest and on the man, to quote the great Tommy Lee Jones in uh, No Country for Old Men, he's got some hard bark on him, and he was exactly what we recruited on Friday night. And fingers crossed, it's beautiful. Like the team, this is a bit of an awakening and a bit of a moment that he can then kick on from.
2: Do you know we're doing chicken? Yeah, I've got to use it as chicken salads because Johnny Raincloud's going to be unfootball related.
1: Fucking thank you.
2: Um, Um,
1: He's finally understanding the show, Tim. We've been doing it for four (laughs) years.
2: (laughs) We had, on the weekend, all Friday night, we had Dave Cunningham, Caleb Marchbank, and
0: Jack Martin playing in the same team. And and Mitch McGovern.
1: And Mitch (laughs) McGovern. My man, Jack Russell. Just call him the miracle worker. (laughs) It's it's taken him three years. It's taken him four and a half years. We've finally got him (laughs) on the park together. (laughs) Give him a sainthood, because what he's doing, he's working miracles down there. If the old mate fucking the Pope, old ex Benedict or whatever the Pope is, whoever the Pope is at the moment, when he finds this out, he's going to dispatch an envoy from fucking the Vatican out to Brunson Park.
2: Zach Williams was at home watching this and goes, fucking, I'm going for a run. <laughs> Zach Williams
1: just suddenly went, fuck, my knee feels great. Feels great. <laughs> just extraordinary. Um, but there's a point well made, Fab. It's a point well made that... And this is the backhanded compliment. It's four. It's been four and a half years, and you sort of yeah. look at it, getting these guys all on the field together, who we need to be playing together if we want to be the best version of us. You know, it's extraordinary. Um, another big chicken salad for me on the night was Adam Chera. Oh, he Can you get loves, three Brownlow votes for a
2: of football. He
1: loves himself a big game on the G. Yeah,
0: he he won't get three votes, but he should.
2: He he was. He's, he's making doubters from last year look stupid, very silly.
1: I think that's. I think the frustration. He's, he's,
2: he's the player and more that we thought we were getting.
1: But I think the frustration was he had a bit of a stop start, and you'd see it in glimpses. And he played round one, and he was very good. And then he had a couple of down ones. He played the game against some Kilda that he absolutely shouldn't have, when he was he was in no condition to play a game of football. And that obviously might have set him back a bit. Maybe he felt like he had to get out there and play because he was the big recruit, and he wanted to show that he was worth the money and the time to bring him to the footy club. And that he finished the year really well, if we remember. He he yeah. got back in his best the, the game was in the last game, fantastic. Yeah, he got two games. Yeah. And on the fr- on Friday night, he was he was, you know, when you watch an, and you're watching an opposition team and and someone just fucking tears your heart out, and just oh yeah, I mean for us Fab, you'd remember it. You you've spoken about it in the past. Can someone just put, push, love it out of bounds? Oh, just push him. Every time he touched wh- the ball that night, he tore our heart out. Just push him out of play. Yeah.
2: He kicked a he kicked the goal from midair that night too. I was I was on the great right southern stand wing with uh, Ant De Sola, and uh, like on our ledger, me versus Ant i've got i've got him covered but that night it was just everything worked for him agony and when Lo- love it went down for that Lock like, went on that run he did like one twos all down the wing but he was effectively out of bounds for 50 percent of it and i'm like just push this prick over even if you just concede a freak he just don't let him take the piss well sean you
0: made the comment last week that although we only just introduced the Frank Langella Award, that we almost could have had two nominations last week,
1: mm.
0: well, we would have had a third this week
2: if he we had stayed on the park.
1: If he had a played the game out, he probably would have won it. Assuming – like, what, sh- what are we calling it? The Frangie? It's the Langie. Langie Or the Skelly. It's the
2: Skelly, I think <laughs> is what you're calling it's it. Skelly, Skelly's pretty good. Skelly.
1: The Skelly Wag. Um, he was unbelievable. He's fantastic. He was at the heart of everything we were doing well. He's um, – he wanted to be out there. He wanted the responsibility. He wanted the ball. Old mate Pendles, my mate. Look at that. Fab's just put a thing up on the screen. He's just watching the replay. There's Pendles probably saying he wished he was half the player Mark Murphy was in his prime. <laughs> Very few players were Pendles. Don't worry about it. Um, next chicken salad for me is, and there's only an, I probably should have gone with him earlier than this, to be honest. It's a bit unfair that we're, we're leaving him here. It's back, He's so remind
2: me again what, what, what that thing is. It's it's obviously for weeders, but what's what's the whole Raul reference?
1: You've forgotten this already. Have you had a stroke? No, look, like, Raul Dravid's nickname was The Wall. Okay, well, you're, we should, In you cricket. know, me and Cricket, you know, so we, we just... started calling him The Wall, and then that evolved to Raul, and then that evolved to an Indian piece of music. So, <laughs> <laughs> random, just Indian piece of keep music. up, Fab. Okay. Not hard. The wall, roll, Indian music. What um, about
2: Lake Lake Wettering?
1: Well, that was just because of the cool, pristine waters of Lake Wettering, the relaxing, cooling influence of the lake. That's just another nickname. Um, he he is well and truly over all those issues, obviously, understandably that plagued him in pre-season and throughout the early stages of the year, where he was a shell of the player. You know, we've come to expect and a victim of his very, very high standards. And he is absolutely back to his best him, and I think. I think it was on the pod, I think. We spoke a couple of weeks ago, however long ago, about giving him a bit of a pat on the back and saying, challenging in a constructive way, you're every bit as good as Taylor, Moore, Harris-Andrews. You are every bit as good as them. You're in a rut. That's okay. You're in a rut. We back you to work through it. You are every bit as good as them.
0: Yeah. Absolutely, and look, you know, the last time we played Collingwood, Darcy Moore feasted on us because our game style played into his hands. And you know, if you call it, Moore was up fifteen love, fair enough. But um, Friday night, it's at least fifteen all, and if anything, you know, I think Moore got deducted a, a point. You got a default, didn't? <laughs> for away the free the free kicks to to Kurnow, but um you're right wettering has absolutely proven that he if there's a top four i reckon he's well he's he's ahead of he's ahead of moore he's probably ahead of andrews and you might be it'd be neck and but the sam taylor's missed seven games this year with it with the hamstring so he probably misses all the- <laughs> <laughs> I heard I, I heard Sam occasion, Taylor talk. Weathering won't have done enough to get in the All Australian team, um, and we know that he's not loved there anyway. The, the only reason he could potentially get in would be is if he finishes the last four four rounds of the season off really, really well. And there's no on the board in the in the seasons that he didn't get recognition, and they turned around and said we have to recognise this guy because his form's been too good. But I think you know. I think you just start the season too slightly.
1: You might get a squad, a squad nod if you yeah, can yeah, finish you can the year off well. They might have in the squad. Um I still reckon they should do first and second teams. I just really think that's an easy way to say here's the forty man squad and there's a first team and a second team.
0: So you name twenty two the first squad and you just have eighteen spots on field for your second
1: Oh, I I would almost not even name a bench, to be honest. Yeah, that's thirty six. That's fine. Then just go a second team and a first team. Here you go. Yeah. Because when you when you boil it down, like you think about it, there's always the conversation about midfielders monopolising the flanks and the wings, for instance. It's like, well, yeah. there's only one fullback, and one centre half back. Yeah. But there's only one fullback, one centre half back, etc cetera. Going, yeah. So if you're Jacob Wietering, I mean it's cold comfort to not be first team All Australian in the years he's been excellent, but they could still recognise <laughs> You're the second best fullback of the year. So you're second team All Australian. That's better than, yeah, yeah, you're in the squad, but fuck, mate, you didn't, nah, we didn't have a spot for you. So, yeah, better luck next year. Like Happy Gilmore at the ice hockey trials. You know, like, oh, great, thanks.
2: <laughs> um, and, and, and as you say, Gilmore, uh, I called your name, didn't
1: I? Uh, no, no, you, no, I. You didn't. Uh, no, you didn't. No, you
2: didn't. Oh, well, better luck next year.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's got one of my favorite yeah, ones. Very wasn't nice. Very nice. <laughs> I like it when he. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> when he he has that slap shot it's just wild it's it misses by an absolute mile those goals regulations that's regulation size or what it's absolutely brilliant <laughs> I'm the only player to ever uh, take my skate off and try to kill a guy wow oh, <laughs> um movie? Waitering, fantastic that's all I've got there giving the responsibility of leading the back half of the ground he's doing it expertly uh he's absolutely the old um sorry you, got, you
2: guys that <laughs> wouldn't let me play on the tour Oh, you're cause, black, you're black? Cause, you, cause you're black. <laughs> no, you no. damn
1: fool. Oh, sorry, cause you're black. <laughs> damn alligator, bit my hand off. <laughs> Happy's response to that. Jesus. Oh no, no, sorry. That's what he saying? He goes, "Oh my God." <laughs> I saw one of those bastards eyes. I like it when he gets in the batting cage and he, t- he takes one on the head. And he goes, <laughs> What is he saying? Is goes, That won't hurt a bit, but I love goes, it. No, oh, that hurt a little, but i okay. No, does he? I think he says, But I love it. <laughs> so it hits him in the head. Oh, oh, shit. It's so good. It's an absolute classic. It's
2: a brilliant movie.
1: But we've spoken about this on the pod. Genuinely, the first time I ever heard of Subway.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think it
1: was here. No, it was the first time I ever heard of Subway. It was the first thing that – brilliant piece of marketing, to be fair. Um, so the thing with blasting with on Weinering I've got here is very NFL-based. You guys will appreciate this <laughs> last more than thing me. I've
2: got on Weidering.
1: But, like, we've spoken about captaincy and leadership in the past and about wanting density and leadership and having lots of leadership options. Like, maybe they do it internally, but, geez, there's merit in having, like, line captains as they do, defence captain, offence captain, special teams captain, you know, guys within those silos who lead.
2: It's up like when they go well, to the Super Bowl to toss the coin. half of the teams 15, out there. The players walk out there. It's like well, a-
0: and, and, and equally, Sean, as you know... I'm captain you, of the shower club. <laughs> when At three-quarter time, quarter time, they all, they all split up into their groups anyway. You know, they have line coaches, they talk to their individuals. Before your line coach comes over, you you as you say, you're going to have, whether it's a formally anointed line captain, they're still going to be talking, they still going to be talking and leading in those groups anyway. So whether whether that's the formal structure of your leadership group, or whatever, or not. They're the guys that are going to have the voice, and they're the ones that are going to be driving the standards and seeking change, improvement, or or recognising and patting bikes on the back.
1: My, that's a very well po- a well made point. My last chicken salad before I hand it over to the room for any of yours is a man who is coming for the top three in the BNF with a fucking bullet.
0: Nick Newman. Nick Newman. Yeah, brilliant game. Oh, this is why we let Sto- you- this is
1: why we let Liam Stocker go.
0: Well, it is. And look, he's a little bit older than what Liam Stocker is, but Nick Newman's a really good kick of a footy. He's a great leader. He pushes back hard. Um, he can push up into the midfield as well. And he's really, really combative. And I think he sets a lot he's of good standards.
2: De- good decision-maker too. He's very good decision-maker. Oh, Pendles of... just had his ball smothered. Pendles.
1: Oh, you know who would never have had that happen? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: um,
1: no, he's, he's playing excellent football and... Got a little bit of see you next Tuesday about him, which is good. Yes. a little bit of push and yes. shove, a little bit of spunk. Uh, do either of you have a chicken salad you would like to contribute?
2: Well, in addition to the one I've already contributed?
1: I've forgotten what it was. What was it?
2: I can't remember either.
1: <laughs> it's compelling, <laughs> clearly. I,
0: I think one of the key ones, just in the pattern of the game um, and where we were at and what was happening, Chara obviously dominated a half of football, as few players have all this season. Um Cripper had been quiet, and I don't think that it was any surprise that after Chera went down, and the game was getting deeper into, you know, it, 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 into the time of the game, and and when we were most vulnerable was probably the stage when Cripps really stepped up, and and his physicality and his tackling and all that sort of stuff came to the fore, uh, and I think he had a really really strong presence on the game, especially like so like it I had to recognise it. Um, and, and just oddly, he's copped a fine for the bump on Quaynor.
1: Absolutely ridiculous. Crusoe's lost the plot. He's obviously fucking just. Inc- it's ridiculous. The, the, the AFL should almost withdraw it.
0: Well, I what's he done wrong?
1: Yeah, it's a bumper. The AFL should withdraw it if they're if they're char- Was it three thousand dollars? Did I see that correctly? Oh, I didn't see. I, all
0: I know was that he, that he was That scratching around is fab,
1: by the off. way, to our to our dear listeners. He's doing that thing again. When we've gone back to the remote records and he's scratching around with something. Who? You. What am I doing? He's scratching around. You're going to hear it when you listen back to this.
2: Oh, sorry.
1: Apology not accepted. Sorry. I'll stop. Um, yeah, I don't know what we were talking about. I've lost my train of thought. Sorry.
2: Apologise.
0: Uh, we're talking about the $3,000 for Crips.
1: Yeah, just – sorry. It's very yeah, – well, you got your head on, Tim. Um, yeah, just like <laughs> – just, just rescind it. Just rescind the charges. Absolutely nothing in it. That happens 20 times a game.
2: Oh, absolutely. It's
0: and, a, it's and, a nothing. La, and the last thing that we want to be doing is having him accrue um, – any sort of they don't you know, do that anymore, Tim. They don't do the demerit points. <laughs> it I, doesn't you matter. He can get seven thousand fines. Into the future, he so
1: can get fined every week. It doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> just cost your money. Do you have any chicken salads, Fabian? Whatever your name is.
2: N- not additional ones. No.
1: Okay. No additional chicken salads for Fabaga now. That's fine. Oh, it's another 90s banger.
2: This is Winter Central AFL football grand final. That's Model why day. I picked it. <laughs>
1: Channel 10, Channel 10 pre, pre-broadcast pre hype. We all thought that the world was going to end when Channel 7 lost the rights. And then Channel 10 dropped this bad boy on us. And so we were like, where have you been? Ah, oh, what a tune. The Hunters and Collectors. One of my favourite um, favorite little stories about that whole period is when, sensationally, Channel 7 lose the rights and it goes to 10 and 9. And... Someone at Channel 9 just gave away the finals rights for Friday night football. And I can't remember if it was Kerry Packer, whoever it was, whoever the head of Channel so what 9. What the f- – no, Genuinely, was like they said, we've it got Friday Kerry. nights, we've got Friday night football, how good's is this? He goes, yeah, what about the finals? He goes, no, we don't have those. He goes, what? <laughs> Why
2: well, wait?
1: So they basically – All the
2: finals and the grand final. the grand final.
1: We're not even, even going to alternate the grand final. So we do it, you do it, we do it, you do it. No, no, they've just got the finals for five years and the grand final for five years. Because what the fuck have we got? Friday nights. Idiots. Channel 10,
2: I hated it at times, but the five-minute warning was good.
1: When your team wasn't involved. Yes, correct. Yeah, when your team wasn't involved. You start your own stopwatch. Yeah, when your team wasn't involved.
2: The fact was that quite... they brought it in and in their first year, was the first year of the Brisbane Collingwood Grand Final? Yeah. And it was just it, – now it was actually vital like it was tight with that last five minutes to go. Excuse me. <coughs> ah, liked it.
1: Liked it. Okay, very good. Why do we play that, Tim? Because the we'll Blues are back, back baby. baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chicken shit time now. I don't enjoy doing this. I take no pleasure in doing this. But it is chicken shits. So, you know, that's just the nature of the beast. Okay. Marchie, we loved having him back out there. It's great to see him play a game of football, enjoy it, because it's probably the last time we'll see him play a game of football. He'll probably pull up tight with something and they'll bring, they'll bring <laughs> the screen it. out in the rooms or something. He's got through the game seemingly fine, but we'll find out tomorrow that he's actually you know, broken his spine or something. Um, no, I, I love Marchi, and when he's on and when he's doing – like he took a really good mark, clean grab, great hands. He was a bit sketchy on the whole, and I, I am sympathetic because he hasn't played a lot of top-level football in the last I think that's all it was 5 years but I, I really hope he gets through the game can get some confidence and continuity in his body and build on this but he was a little bit scratchy the other one was Timbo's mate Rob De Castella the uh, Ollie Holland's the marathon man
2: I thought after a nervy start he worked his way into the game and is actually quite good
1: we just as a fan base we just need to relax on the Ollie Holland's Bandwagon. I
2: think I, I think in he's fifty games' time, he'll be article. he'll be an absolute jet.
1: Yeah, I think he'll be a good player. I'm not prepared to go. He'll be an absolute jet. I think he'll be a good player, but just at the moment, I don't think I, I actually I don't really understand why we're playing him because there, there are
0: he he's at the glimpse stage
1: at the moment, but his glimpses a work rate, Tim. And it's who took
2: who took Steel, steel side bottom on Friday night.
1: It wasn't necessary. It wasn't a straight matchup as such. It wasn't yeah, like see, a tag.
2: See, C- Cottrell was on a wing. Acres Hollis obviously was on a
0: wing. Um, there must have been a few others that were old um, mate Shady,
1: old mate to Slim Shady, Fab's mate. Yeah, Akers
0: spent a bit of time there. So, I, <laughs> so Fab's so mate. I, I saw your text message and I thought it's actually a really good question because he was a guy that played really well against us the first time, but he really didn't. Didn't really seem to impact much at all on Friday night. Which
2: no, he didn't. right? So
1: the point I'm making is Ollie Hollands, he looks like a great prospect and he works his socks off and he's unbelievably fit for a player of his age, needs to get on the chicken fillet drip, needs to get some size, needs to know when you can't take the contact. He needs to know when to hitch and draw or to dish off. I like the look of him. I just think that we're going a little bit prematurely on some of the conversations around him. Oh, look, I I
0: think... I think there is merit in what you're saying because... I, and, and, oh, sorry, I just he, want
1: to clarify, him. I'm not saying that on Friday night he was shit. The chicken, no, salad, was. the chicken shit's more about just the conversation, like the club's posting videos pumping up his work rate. And you go, that, okay, that's fine. That's fine. There's a nice little moment where he ran back and great aerobic capacity. Yeah. Yeah. We're not running like, the New York I, Marathon. I
0: like, I like the way that he is coming along. I think he has so much more to improve on and he has so much room... Um, you know, scope to become a better footballer. But I think when you look at his age and the role that we're asking him to play, and and, and let's not forget where we are with our wingman because we knew what we had just wasn't up to scratch. And we were getting soundly beaten by opposition teams because we were coming from far too far behind. So we've ultimately said, no, let's get a kid in that we know that can ultimately play the role Get him in there, get him exposed, get him working. And he's doing things and showing stuff that are ahead of where he should be. And, and Is I he... think he's ticking boxes on what that that he will ultimately be. I... But I do agree Is he... like, and, 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 and we haven't played Jackson Bins yet. And so I think he's probably going to be very, very similar in that he's a guy that's got the athletic ability, but he doesn't have the physical size yet. And they're lot lap- they're allowing him to develop in the twos. Whether yeah, that's where that's fine, yeah. Where, that's, every time Ollie Hollands has been hit uh, fit, he's played.
1: I just think that there's some, there's some big, there's some things with Ollie where I just think you'll be bigger than this, you'll be stronger than this, you'll be more capable than this. But geez, we've we've made other guys work an awful lot harder than you for nothing. Um, and you, you sort of think, geez, if certain other players had moments like you do occasionally, they'd be out. And they'd be Uh, out for some time, and I just wonder how much of it is to do with politics or a football club, a football club, or a particular way, and he's the new regime's boy, and they've hitched their wagon to him, and I just think that he's getting some opportunities before time. And that's not to say that he won't be a great player for us, and he won't come back next preseason and be bigger and fitter and fantastic. I think he warms into games, though. Prob- mm.
0: But again, a guy that's got elite fitness is probably going to do
1: that. So yeah. the other chicken shit I had here was similar. We've kind sort of mentioned it earlier. Just the talls down the line, we had a real issue without Harry out there, and it's I'm not really sure until such a time as Harry gets back what the remedy is. But
2: well, Pinto created a contest apparently, so it was uh, a warm body
1: switch. We got to switch it more. We
2: got to yeah. change direction more. We can't go up the line. We
1: can't go up the line because without Harry there, it's we just we just not taking the marks. We're just not getting that reset. We're not getting the territory. So that was a bit of a chicken shit. Fortunately, we weren't made to. Or we weren't punished against a very very good team, and therefore, ipso facto, it becomes less of a factor against mm. quote lesser teams. Yep. But it is obviously a watch, and it is something that we obviously need to get on top of. Um, moving on now, just let me find my sting. Come
0: on, take a little mm. walk with me, in and tell me who do you love? Who do you love? Who do you love? Who do you love? All right. Who do you love? Who do you love?
1: So, I'm hoping we reach a very quick, unanimous accord here. I am tempting fate, having that opinion, having that want, if you will.
2: Let's go three, two, one.
1: Well, we're on a bit of a delay, so that's not going to work. Mm. So, what about, I just say, the Si Morales Memorial Buster Nut Trophy winner for this week is Jack Martin. I right, agree. Yeah, all right. I'm happy with that. Well, who are you going to go with, Nutface? Matt Owies. Matt Owies. Uh, Matt Owies. Yeah. Based on? It's it's, it's intangibles,
2: mate. Intangibles. He brings, he brings that uh, little bit of see you next Tuesday, and I like it.
1: Can you hear that, uh, Tim? Fab rustling around there? It's the the
2: microphone moving on his shirt. On my right breast.
1: (laughs) Your ample bosom is causing the friction, isn't it? Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. All right, good stuff. Jack Martin, S.I. Morales winner for this week. It is mailbox time. I'm I'm expecting at least one... Mark Murphy related mailbox question.
2: You got, you got mail. mail.
1: I will be incredibly disappointed if we don't have at least one. Fucking hell, there's a lot of entries here. Jesus. Um
2: Our fans get around us. Could of like that?
1: The Maltese Falcon. There's one for Tim. Now fucking Tim. You've got you're on the shot clock here. Who had the better week, Carlton beating the the top-of-the-table magpies or Molly O'Callaghan winning five golds and individually beating the USA in the medal tally?
0: Pretty good effort, isn't it? Uh, World record uh, in the women's 200 freestyle as well. Um, For a girl that dislocated a kneecap a month ago and to come back with that performance as well... Well, she's just doing her rehab, Tim. You do
1: your rehab in the pool, don't you? Well, you do, but
0: still, if you've done it, you've done it. And uh, she's um, oh, she's she's a very, very good swimmer she, and, and seems to have a very level head on her shoulders, trains with Ariana Titmuss, who's obviously leading the world from an output perspective. The world's her oyster going into a, an Olympic Games next year.
1: An Olympiad, Tim. Uh, an Olympiad. Luca Pesheri's got another one for Tim. I'm assuming, Tim, you got there after quarter time. Who was your BOG?
0: Um, No, I didn't get there on time this
1: time. I like that. I actually quite like that. Give it to Jack Silvani. (laughs) Jack Silvani. (laughs) I didn't see any of Jack's extraordinary start. So, you know, I'm just going to completely discount his performance. David, redbear has got one for you for Baganoush. Where's the picture of JLH?
2: Um, (laughs) As per the top of the episode, it should be at my parents' house, but um,
1: we'll have to dig it out. Yeah, That's okay. That's the answer. You need to do this. Um, well, I know, I've got to get there. A few uh, things on at the moment, Sean. Sorry? A few things on. Is there? Yeah, you've got to finish,
2: <laughs> finish up a few things before going on a bit of a holiday.
1: Yeah, Where are you what? going? He's going to F- Magnetic Island or something, isn't he? <laughs> Magnetic Island. No, Port Douglas. Whatever. And he's not going with his family either. He's just going with his cousin or something. No, no. The, my family and Simon's family are going together. He he omitted that detail last time he told the story, and I was like, "No, I said I'm going with Simon." Yeah, you assuming said I'm going you, with Simon. You didn't yeah, say that, you didn't that, say you're uh, packing up the tribe and you're taking them cross country in the family truckster. You said we, we, I'm we're going to
2: be in a family truckster. We're we're hiring a bus between uh, Cairns Airport and Port Douglas. If
1: one of you don't say, if you you hate it now, just wait till you drive it. <laughs>
2: So um, it will be uh, it will be interesting.
1: You're giving me nothing, Fab. So we'll move on. I was giving you vacation. I was giving you vacation, was bit, giving yeah. vacation lines, and you're giving me donuts.
2: Yeah, but no, um you're not listening. You broke up, so I didn't hear you give me vacation
1: Um Ricky Tiller has the introduction of Martin been the catalyst for a much Davenport. improved motlop?
2: Go get Mr. car. <laughs> I um, know what
1: happened. It didn't come in. The little shrug that Eugene Levy does after he talks to Davenport and he tells him, Yeah, like the car's like it's gone, sort of thing.
2: (laughs) I love Davenport's answers. Like, I don't know.
1: (laughs) And then Levy just sort of like, Does Levy have his hands on his hips? And he just sort of like shrugs. (laughs) He's like, It's brilliant. Because, yeah, you you want to take the tribe cross country, the family trucksters, uh, (laughs) the vehicle for you. Brilliant. Um, yeah, sorry, Ricky Tiller. Has the introduction of Martin been the catalyst for a much improved Motlop? It's either one of you when you're ready.
0: Yeah, I'm trying, I'm to, trying to, to think. I'm like Timbo thought. Because uh, from a small forward perspective, we had Oes out injured when we saw a lot more of Fogarty, Cunningham, um, and Martin before Motlop came back, and then I just think. Uh, oh, the, the couple of injuries that we've had and the opportunities that have come up, Motlop's come in late, but he seems to complement what's going on out there a whole lot better, um, and he's getting on the scoreboard. So um, the sad thing is, I'm, I've always been a big Corey Durden fan, but at the moment, um, with the balance as it is at the moment, he's absolutely been squeezed out. It's and,
1: a good problem to have.
0: And it, look, when we've got depth, we've never had depth at this footy club in a long, long time, and um, yeah, it's a good problem to have, 100%.
1: Uh HPS ninety four, his uh, username is it's a no from me dog. I'm not sure what his actual name is.
2: H is that is that Randy Jackson?
1: Um yeah, maybe. No, it's, it's what, a no from me, dog. It's, that's the what guy, it's say. guy on Australian American Idol. Was that, I don't know if that was Randy yeah. Jackson, was it? Randy Jackson. I'm
2: pretty sure it was.
1: Okay, I'll take your word for it. Um he's asked. Are Collingwood fans more insufferable after a win or a loss? They can dish it out, but they can't take it. i got got some goss for you here, H. They are fucking dickheads. Absolutely <laughs> pathetic. After when, when they beat us earlier in the year, when they beat us don't, after... Don't mean to your words, and sure, When don't they beat us to... in round 23, it was, there was not enough bandwidth coming out of the Twitter headquarters to handle the traffic through the Prendercast handle from these insufferable, hypocritical fucks. And as soon as they lose to us, not... A fucking peep. Absolutely pathetic. If you want to play the game and if you want to dish it out, if you want to be bad winners, front up after a loss. And we've said it. I've said it time and time again with the Collingwood chat. We don't go after these morons. We don't tweet these morons. They tweet us. They've got plenty to say when they win. And when they lose, they forget all about us. They forget the handle. But when they beat us... We're getting tweets during the game. We're getting tweets as soon as the game ends. But the minute we roll them, fucking silence. Absolutely pathetic from the lot of them. And there's a couple in particular who are just – the next time if they – whenever they beat us next and they'll come out of the woodwork again, And they don't have a leg to stand on. If you want to play this game, you've got to play both fucking innings, dickheads. Yep. That's pretty fair. If you want to come after us and hang shit on us when we've had a had a loss, yeah, no problems. We'll wear it but don't go to ground when it doesn't go your way because it doesn't and, suit you.
0: And, and I reckon it's probably a fair thing to say as a, as a supporter group as a whole to have to endure what we endured in rounds 22 and 23 last year. Like we were disappointed, we were frustrated um, to now come through the six wins in a row and be you know playing really good footy at the moment and all that sort of stuff. I reckon as a supporter group, we've handled ourselves pretty well the whole way
1: through. Oh, there was the abusing the players thing, and uh, that wasn't great. Uh, yeah, uh, was I mean, I them. thought it was a massive overreaction, but at the same time, like, I had one guy, Tim, tweet us, and, oh, oh you, where, where, you, you, you're not abusing the players anymore. Fab's changed himself to a mouse for some reason, his his picture <laughs> in his chat. I don't know if he's done that deliberately. <laughs> I'm not sure if this is a deliberate thing. Period. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've just taken a screen grab of it. Um, I'll I'll post that on Twitter. Um, Yeah, we had, had, you know, guys crapping onto us about all sorts of different things and and as soon as the result doesn't go their way, you don't don't hear peep out of them. And, you know… I get that it's part of the game and it's part of having a channel like this and it's a part of having a presence on Twitter like all of our fan um, you know our, our contemporaries do in various different teams that you're going to be a lightning rod for idiotic fans. Um but yeah, don't don't go to ground when the result doesn't go your way. That's just a hot tip from me. Um, do we have one more maybe? Bricktop I think we've seen a message from Bricktop, not the one I can remember at least. Um, How good was it to see us bully the pies? Fake tough man Maynard was rendered mute, quain or by Cripps, more made to look like the second string backman that he is, sidey getting bathed by an 18-year-old, all bark, no bite, or dare I say, all duck, no dinner. The pies are frauds. I like that, Bricktop. But it's, it's sort of... And actually, just GL here has said, is there a fan base of fuckwits in the world sport bigger than Collingwood? No. The answer to that is no. Um, But just back on Bricktop, yeah, we spoke about it earlier. Take the fight to them. Be physical. Be prepared to dig in. Be prepared to, you know, roll your sleeves up and go to war with these guys. That's how you're going to beat them. That's how you're going to get desirable results against them. Excellent, excellent, excellent stuff. Really, really like it. Moving on now. Timbo's dancing. Fab, is uh... <laughs> what are you doing? He- he's <laughs> he's got that fucking thing out. There. All right, we ready, Tim Davis? Chai of Val? We are ready. You might actually know this. I've given you one that you might might be well in your wheelhouse. Edwin Flack was Australia's only representative at the 1896 Olympic Games and he won our first ever gold medal. But in which event? Do you follow, Tim? Fabian's left us for some reason. In what
0: event did Edwin Flack win Australia's
1: first Olympic gold medal? Fab was being an idiot and he was using those stupid um, message filters and I think his connection has crashed as a result of it and he's gone. So I don't know where he is. Can we get Favaganoush back? We're ringing him, we're getting him back. Um, So Edwin Flack-Timbo. Australia's first ever Olympic gold medalist. Our only representative at the Olympic Games in 1896. Which event did he win his gold medal in? Was it the 1500 metres running? Was it foil fencing? Was it 25 metre military pistol shooting? Or was it the 500 metre freestyle? Would you like those options again?
0: No, I've written them all down. 1500
1: metres running, foil fencing, 25 metre military pistol shooting, or the 500 metre freestyle?
2: Who are we talking about?
1: So, Edwin Flack, Australia's only representative at the 1896 Olympic Games, he won our first ever gold medal. But in which event?
0: I've read I've read a lot about this guy before. Um, I don't know the answer to the question.
1: Um, <laughs> Seems like a pretty seismic moment in the man's life, but that's uh, fine.
0: Well, and yeah, the I, book was titled Edwin Flack.
1: Everything I did, not in counting not counting that eighteen ninety six <laughs> Olympics.
0: Well, I, I can exactly right. I can. Um, I always felt like he was a pretty traditional athlete, so I'm very <laughs> comfortable ruling the foiled fencing out and the 25 meter military pistol my my first inkling was the 1500 meter run because the 500 the 500 meter freestyle
1: doesn't sound like an event they were it was an event it that was, that was event. just the distances they swam they obviously decided yeah, at whatever time it's now 200 400 800 well
0: when you were asking me the question my immediate thinking was maybe the 800 was I, I thought he was a runner i mean he did a few things but my immediate thinking was if i had to nominate what i thought the answer is before you'd ask the question i was going to say the 800 so with and then when you've given me the options i'm nervous about the 500 meter freestyle but again from assuming background and all that sort of stuff, I don't think he's been pumped up as one of our great Olympians or anything else like that. So I was always gonna go running. Do I get a 50-50? <laughs>
1: sure. Do you want a 50-50? No, I don't
0: want a 50-50. No, no I don't want a 50-50 because I, I don't think it's the foil or the pistol and you give me the sum of the run anyway. So uh, I'm, I'm going to lock in our 1500 meter run.
1: Where's my final answer?
0: Well, that's mine.
1: <laughs> Tim Davis, you've locked in the 1500 metre running. Yes. So Edwin Flack, Australia's only representative of the 1896 Olympic Games, won our first ever gold medal. He did not win it in foil fencing. He did not win it in the 25 metre military pistol shooting. So your sound logic, sound. He did, however, win it in the, where's the button? Where is it? Yes, we love that sound. Kimbo. He did win in the fifteen hundred meter running. So, born in the UK, Edwin Teddy Flack. Uh, his family emigrated to Australia when he was just five years old. They settled in Berwick, so not wow. too far. Um, and in 1894, he was sent to London to receive further training as an accountant with the firm Price Waterhouse and Co, which obviously wow. go on to become Price Waterhouse Coopers. He joined the London Athletics Club prior to the games. He uh, competed at the games in his Melburnian Hare and Hounds colours. However. On the second day of the Olympic Games, he won his 1,500-metre running title, powering away from the favoured American Arthur Blake. On the fourth day of the Games, he won a second gold medal in the 800 metres. On the fifth day of the Games, he attempted to win the marathon despite having never run in a competitive race longer than 16 (laughs) kilometres and, in fact, led the race with about five kilometres to run only to collapse. A local Greek man came to his aid, and when a delirious flat got to his feet, he knocked him out. <laughs> so it, was all ha- it was all happening, um, and because I suppose a lot of athletes at the time had a "we're here and why not" attitude, he also competed in the singles and doubles tennis.
2: Shit, there you go. So uh, there you go. they
1: finished third. He and his partner finished third in the doubles, but medals for third place was not were not yet awarded at that point. I think he was retrospectively awarded his bronze medal for the men's doubles in like 2008 or something. Um, so, uh, yeah, he was reported uh, reportedly quite popular at the Athens Games that year, and he was referred to as the Lion of Athens throughout the the competition.
0: I, I, I have a funny feeling there. I reckon there must have been a product. I, I have a funny feeling like they might have put Olympics... Um,
1: like trivia, uh, like a fan tale.
0: Trivia. But might have been on, like, Redhead's matchboxes or something like that. But you don't tend to go through matchboxes really quickly. But it was an odd product like that, and I... I it's almost like the equivalent of like the the VB uh, stubby lids, mm. but there was something back in the day, and I st- and I always remember. I always remember reading about Edwin Flack being our first Olympic medalist and all that the Olympic gold medalist and all that sort of stuff. But and and as I said, for my immediate thinking was if I had to nominate, I was saying the 800, 800 run. Well, he did so, win the eight hundred. Happy with that one? Happy. He won one? the eight
1: hundred as well. Shout
2: out to Edwin Flack.
1: Shout out Teddy. to old Teddy as his nickname was. He's Excellent it. stuff, Tim. I'm disappointed you got it right, but uh, yes, them's the breaks, I suppose. Um, we're so going to go now to... You do it
0: at your peril, mate. That's all, all that right. sound good. What? It's Johnny That's Raincloud, Tim. Is that not on the playback? No, better now.
1: It's Johnny Raincloud. Yeah, oh, it, it. it comes through a bit. A bit muffled. Oh, fucking I shut know. up the pair of you. Tim's been sitting five metres away from his microphone all night. Um, Johnny Rainclouds. Actually within a foot of it. Johnny Rainclouds. I got one having just come up uh, on a plane, obviously. PA systems on the plane. Boom. Fuck, mate. Are they recorded like and transmitted via recovered stock from a destroyed Hungry Jack's? <laughs> the pilot goes on. Yes, pilot is speaking. We've got, uh, a 4, He's gonna go this is fucking pointless. You may as well stand in the aisle and yell down the plane. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's infuriating every time it's like Yeah, sorry for the late later the going. This is absolutely pointless. I just put my headphones in. And you know what else? I reckon via a show of hands, just quickly take the room re- if enough, you know, the eyes have it. Do you want to see this? The safety briefing pre takeoff. If enough people go, no, nah, don't worry about it. Just don't worry about it. Just don't do it. Just go and sit <laughs> litigation I, I,
0: until midair. We have a drama and say, like, hey, quickly run through that thing again.
1: Tim, I don't Where's travel. The whistle? I don't travel all that often, but I know that you blow into the tube to inflate your vest. You've got a whistle and a light. I know that if you're sitting in the exit row, you're expected to help open the door. Like we've all, we all know. The I think we can figure it out.
2: You're gonna put the the masks. masks. You're gonna put the mask on yourself yourself first before you help others.
1: Absolutely. You've got to leave all your belongings behind. I absolutely wouldn't be doing that. I'd be disembarking the plane with everything. I'd be going under the plane to get my bag.
0: (laughs) His headphones on.
1: (laughs) I'd be cracking open the boot of the plane, just going. I'm just looking for my fucking luggage. Yeah, it's got all my shit in it. I need (laughs) a really cool pair of pants. I got them on sale at Country Road. I don't want to have to go back got 25% off for signing up to their email list. Um, so just, yeah, I'm, I'm over having sat on the plane, having to go through the safety thing. I'm over the, the pilot being very well-meaning and talking to us, but we can't hear what he's saying. Just yep. don't worry about it. Or upgrade the PA system. Has anyone else got a Johnny Raincloud?
2: I have a Johnny Raincloud. Yes. Now, I don't know if we've mentioned this before on pod, but paper straws are just <laughs> not a thing. The world has to get over it, and uh, I'm not saying we have to sacrifice a couple of turtles, but surely the issue is more in the disposal of the plastic straws as opposed to the existence of plastic straws.
1: I don't think that the plastic straws as well, like, so you you drink, you have your drink, and then you throw it in the bin, assuming you do that, you throw it in the Mm. bin. A a single plastic straw isn't going to make or break the landfill.
2: No, I think it's more about the marine environment. What the
1: fuck are they talking about, the marine environment?
2: So I've gone to watch a three-hour movie. So by the time I purchase my drink and consume it, it's comfortably three and a half hours, right? It's 15 minutes into the movie. I couldn't sip the drink anymore because the integrity of the straw was all over the place. So there's my Johnny Ranker. Paper straws to piss them off.
1: I think I agree with you. I was trying to drink a McDonald's thick shake through one the other day, and it was making life very difficult. Yeah, no good. Um, I was I going to say something about that? Like, I mean, for someone like you too, like the likelihood of this straw, whether it be plastic or paper, you're in South Morang. South Morang is pretty comprehensively landlocked. The likelihood (laughs) of that straw making its way to the ocean and endangering one of our marine friends.
2: The the sewage system will get it there.
1: Well, you're flushing them down the toilet, are you, after you're done with them?
2: No, they go down the drain.
1: No, but you're putting them in the bin. What do you mean? How are they getting from the bin to the stormwater drain? Yeah, that's
2: what I'm saying. The issue is not in the creation of the plastic straw. It is in the disposal. And if you dispose of it correctly, it'll have no environmental impact.
1: I think McDonald's should just go, you know what, fuck this shit. We're going back to the plastic straws. You know what else we're going back to? Normal sprite.
2: I tried to order sprite today, Sean, and the uh, the uh, the syrup was uh, non-existent. I got soda water.
1: That happened at McDonald's a what? bit. McDonald's went through a phase where they weren't doing the mix properly, and I just you drive out, you go out the drive-through, and you're down the road, and you're like, I I I fail to believe that this is a one-off, and I'm the only person who has got this. <laughs>
2: But I did go back and they did fix it.
1: Okay. Well, that's good. What about you, Tim? Have you got a Johnny Rain cloud?
0: I, I have a Johnny Rain cloud, but it was more of just a frustrating happenstance um, Friday night. And um, so Les and I went out for dinner on Thursday night and we had Chinese. There was leftovers. And, I, and the whole time I thought, I'm really looking forward to having that Chinese heated up. Ming's. But no, it wasn't Ming's. We Straight were on. Amy Dumpling in East Doncaster.
1: Amy Dumpling's okay.
0: Yeah. And so uh, we've, um, I've, I've come home from the footy, um, got dropped home, had a fair bit to drink, not crazy amount, but enough. Hey
1: Fab, he got over from uh, the footy, he was so excited, he whipped his snap pants off in the doorway. <laughs> but but
0: during the week, our microwave
1: died. like an LA Laker. <laughs> <With> his pants. <laughs> off.
0: Our microwave died midweek. Oh. So we, We'd bought a new microwave and it was getting delivered on Friday. And with appliances online, they will take away your old yes. appliances as well, which is really good with a dryer and a washing machine and things like that. Not absolutely necessary with a Microwaves. microwave because they're pretty easy to handle. Anyway, I've come home and at this stage it's 11.45 at night and I've put I've, I've emptied the the takeaway container of Chinese stuff into my bowl and I've turned to put it in the microwave. There was no microwave there at all. <laughs> so yeah, this
1: is they, a problem. they've
0: taken away the old one, but the new one hadn't even been taken out of its box. So <laughs> at quarter to 12 at night, I've had to pull it all out, stick it in, install it, all that sort of stuff, and then I finally got the Chinese. But there just it was that absolute moment where I've looked around and I've gone, that's not right. <laughs> was there an absolute
1: moment, too, where you thought to yourself, there are four other people in this house, and all it would have taken is for one of them to have a bit of get up and go and install this microwave. That would have taken them 10 One minutes. of them is nine, so I'm
0: not going to hang that. Yeah, well, you, can, you, can, uh, you and, can... And it wasn't... It's not even a complaint about other people not doing it, but it was... Um, it was... Uh, it- so I'm just trying to see if Molly O'Callaghan can uh, swing down uh, the Americans, but it appears she's not going to. So it is in the women's medley relay. But anyway, it was it was just that moment where I, clearly I could have looked to see if the microwave was there before I started dishing up my own meal. But when I turned the light, you look just it it. There,
1: I, I was aghast. You just <laughs> expected it to be there. Excellent I stuff. I love to
0: be there and it wasn't.
1: I love all those Johnny Rain clouds. And we finally decided we're going to win, we're going to do a new segment. We've done Johnny Rainclouds, we're going to do Jimmy Sunshines, this is Johnny Rainclouds happier, peppier brother, cousin, they've got different surnames, so, they couldn't be brothers and have different surnames, probably. So, we're to, J- Jimmy Sunshines, are just, they're just good things. Johnny Rainclouds are minor fucking, just things that are annoying you getting on your goat, Jimmy Sunshines are minor things that are giving you joy. I'm almost certain Fab doesn't have one, because I sprung at the concept on him just hours ago. Perhaps giving me the thumbs up. He absolutely doesn't have one. His life is misery. Um, Tim, well, the, the, I'd written
0: one down first, which I wasn't sure if I was going to go with. But the second one that I wrote down was Molly R. Callahan, and okay. given that we've spoken about her uh, a couple of times, and including uh, in the um,
1: the mailbag,
0: I'll stick with my original. And uh, you guys probably won't enjoy this, but I got to see. Um, the movie Princess Bride in concert at um, the plenary at um, Melbourne Convention and Exhibition Centre today, and I love the movie. I grew up on the movie, absolutely, absolutely love it, and, and it just reminded me there is just one absolutely sensational line in it when um, you've got Wallace Sean who's um, always calling out inconceivable and all that sort of stuff, and after he cuts the rope and expects. You know, Wesley, the fall down the cliffs of Insanity and all that sort of stuff. And Andre the Giant and Mandy Patinkin go over to the edge and they look down and they go, it's got good arms. <laughs> and I just, I love the line. I can't get enough of it, but I saw it today. Uh, full orchestra in concert with the um, with the movie. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, and just a very sentimental movie that, and, and thoroughly enjoyed it.
1: That's in the spirit of the Jimmy Sunshine. I like it. Uh, confession: I've never seen the Princess Bride. Please do it. Mm. Just one of those for no reason. Yeah, for no reason. I've never seen it. You I, know, I, I find I interesting. Remember,
0: I, and ironically, with the opening sting of tonight, I went and saw it during the school holidays. I would have been twelve or thirteen years of age, um, and I think. I think we were swimming in the city and I got picked up by the rest of the family and we went into the city and I, and they said, oh, we're all going to see a movie together. And Did God, you change my, out of
1: your speedos? You know, were just in the, in, the cinema, in the cinema and his speedos. And, and,
0: and I said to dad, oh, what are we seeing? And he said, oh, we're seeing The Princess Bride. And I said, can I just go into another cinema and watch Predator? And he said, dad, no, no, you're going to watch this and you're going to enjoy it. And I thought there is no fucking way I'm going to enjoy this movie whatsoever. And to this day, is still one of my absolute favourite movies of all time. I
1: like it, you know. It's funny when they do the um, in concert sort of showings. Is that generally speaking, they're um, as part of a the, the, the typical suite, they have to adapt it into a concert suite and actually expand the score because the score is generally obviously fitted for the theatrical experience but when you go to see it in concert there are lulls there is the need for more ambience or the like so if you're really familiar with a score and you go to see the film in concert you will notice there's a concert suite which is an expanded score which is always a nice little full of easter eggs so my Jimmy Sunshine yes Timo you were going to say something I was just
0: going to say one thing we had a special guest appearance by Kerry Elwes who's the leading man in the movie but he talks about um, William Goldman who's the guy that wrote the novel and the screenplay and he wrote um butch cassidy and the sundown sundance kid he wrote all the president's men um so he's had a very very successful career and they actually made the comment that he said he's got two daughters and he'd obviously been extremely successful and he said to his daughters what should my what should my next story be about and he had one daughter that said um princesses, and the other one said, oh, it should be about, you know, a bride. And that was actually the inspiration for, for writing this novel.
1: You know what he did? He did the Bert put, and Ernie meme.
0: Put Fabian the sleep. <laughs>
1: no, he did the Bert and Ernie. He would have looked up from the book and gone, Yep, there's bride. the moment. There is. So my Jimmy Sunshine, which is what inspired this segment, is the, um, the purchase of something I'd been thinking about buying for some time. And – you know when you're sort of umming and ahhing, oh, do I need it? Do I want it? Am I going to use this? Eh? And you end up buying this thing and then you get it out of the box and you get it home. And you kind of set it up and you use it and you're like, yeah, this is good. This is sort of exactly, it's exactly what I wanted this to be. It's not life-changing, but it's a bit more convenient. And you're like, this is very practical and very good. I bought one of those Signet 3-in-1 Apple charging stations. So, you mount your phone on it and it charges via the MagSafe so it magnetizes and you can have your phone sit hang, hang your watch on it as well. You can, well, yeah, you put your watch on this little mount that sits there and then you also have there's a little dock for your wireless charging of your ear pods. So, it's just, you don't have, I don't have three things plugged in. I'm not trying to think what cord goes with what. Is it lightning? Is it this USB C? What goes into what port dies? Is it, is it plugged into the dock on the power board? Just one plug straight into the outlet and it, Charges all three of them, and it's not again. It's not this revolutionary thing, but it's a. I don't know. I just I used it and I thought this is one of those really satisfying. I like 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 it. The charger. This is one of those really (laughs) satisfying little purchases where, in retrospect, you go, "Yeah, that was good. That was. I'm happy with this. This is going to (laughs) be beneficial. Like it. Excellent. That brings us to a close, gentlemen. Stuff. Very, very good stuff. Um. Any more thoughts, comments, queries, questions?
0: Uh, just about taking care of business now. You know, St Kilda's being a pesky side. They have they've never been better than us, but they oh, hang I around and make noise. Um, so it's, we're absolutely due to take care of that, you know, drivel mob. Um, Gold Coast seem to be having a little bit of an Indian summer at the moment, with nothing to lose. So heading up there could be a little bit of a banana skin. Melbourne's Melbourne. But again, to have come this far and you know, we always said we had to take one scalp out of Port Collingwood, and Melbourne to now have two of them. We just can't fuck it up now. You know, we, we'd, we'd love to have had a St Kilda win earlier, a Sydney win earlier, um, an Essendon win earlier. Those, those sorts of ones have cost
2: us. We've been really in the top two, Timbo. Jesus well, Christ.
0: That, and that's the thing with the form that we're in and what we've been able to do, um, where we potentially could have been with a little bit of luck along the way, um, no one wants to be playing Carlton right now. And if we make finals, they don't want to be playing us. So fingers crossed, touch wood, do all those sorts of things. No more injuries and hopefully start getting a couple of guys back soon. Um, take care of business. I'm, I'm excited. Big Kev style.
1: He's dead, isn't he? Big Kev. Dead. 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 Shout, Shout out. out. Rest in peace. Leviathan of morning television. <laughs> really changed. Really changed
2: the game. Someone once said, like, his shirts look like they're made out of the same material that they made, the, like the blimp, like, the, like those big balloons.
0: Yeah. We had, one day, there's a famous one of him wearing one made out of an Australian
1: flag. Yeah, Australian
2: flag. <laughs> How many flags? Big Kev was excited. Yeah.
1: What was the deal? Did Big Kev... Wow. He ended up going bankrupt, bankrupt because didn't he float his, he floated the company. What, what are they, was it like a detergent initially? Was that his? Yeah, it was
2: like a cleaning product. Like
1: a nappy sand. And he ended up like. I thought,
2: I always thought it was a general purpose. Oh, like, maybe, I don't like know. But he ended up floating it.
1: Flo- it might have been, yeah, but he f- ended up floating it and like it just died <laughs> in the ass and he ended up losing everything <laughs> apparently. Like, that could be an urban legend. That could be like the.
2: I sold Apple shares to like, buy a Big Kev.
1: Yeah, to buy a Big Kev. <laughs> you wouldn't believe it, Chab. I, I had 1,000 shares in Tesla and uh, I just didn't believe in the electric car and I ended up selling it all off for of Big Kev. Um, but that's like the urban legend. You know, Marilyn Manson had his ribs removed to suck his own dick. It, it could be like that. I don't know. The yeah.
2: urban legend, exactly. Yeah, right. it could be like that. I it, always thought that was Prince.
1: He might have done it as well, but (laughs) Marilyn Manson was the one that always got the. Imagine being Marilyn Manson and you're sitting there minding your own business. Maybe you've got your. Maybe you have had your ribs removed so you could suck your own dick. But imagine, imagine (laughs) like you're just sitting there minding your own business and it gets back to you that this is a rumor sweeping the world. There's no internet. Like, this is – how is this getting around? And it's like, oh, who started this? Where is it? Is it just to, like some stupid high school? And someone would have been and, like
0: – And in what forum can you really – Things –
2: well, well, things some, spread, Sean. Well, it's, someone would have said,
1: no, no, it's not just in our high school. It's in every school in every yeah. part of the world. There it's are the kids. same way
2: the story of uh, our mate Johnny Diesel.
1: Well, it's one of your favourites, that story. Oh. <laughs>
2: Uh, it's right on the tip of my tongue. Speaking of halftime, you played uh, Changes, which is obviously a sample of the Bruce Hornsby track, which was played, uh, was it Channel 9? Yeah. Around the grounds? Saturday score board or whatever, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that was common. Yeah, and right on the tip of my tongue was, if was, you don't want to know scores, seven, look, look away now. Look away now, yeah. Was that ABC or ra- Channel 7. 7.
1: And what was ABC did, Beverly, Beverly Mitchell would do it during the halftime of the, the VFL match of the day with Phil Cleary and Roscoe, Ross Booth. And um, they would go to halftime. And that, like, that was – I remember growing up and that was one of the best ways to actually get the around-the-ground scores was you had to make sure you were watching like the, the quarter-time breaks in the VFL, VFA. And they would, you know, flash up the scores and you'd go, okay, all right, fair enough, yeah, okay, there we are. Because people don't understand FAF. There were like three games a week on TV. That's it. And they were delayed.
2: I've told people like now, this younger generation, you can watch football from all around the world and take in sport and, you know, good on them. But I grew up and I love A football, but I had to wait to Monday mornings to buy the paper, or Tuesday, sorry, to buy the paper to figure out who won in the Italian league. And I had to buy a paper for a language that wasn't my own.
1: Could you have have just got Il Globo?
2: Yeah, that's what I bought, Sean. I thought you could speak Italian. I can, and I could. But, you know, when you're 12, you know, getting a paper and trying to read a a match report.
1: Where'd you get Il Globo from? Where'd you pick it up?
2: Uh, Milk bar. Yeah, but like... Stop saying Globo. Globo.
1: Fucking Whatever.
2: <laughs> Il Globo. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't you couldn't occupy that anymore if you tried. You no, were doing one, this the thing
1: the other week when we did the blue, when we played, you know, blue, double D. And you yeah. just like, when I listened back to the episode, I wanted to jump into the fucking record and kick well, you in well. the face because you kept on going Gabri Ponte. Gabri Ponte. And you kept on like <laughs> really, I don't know if you were doing it deliberately, but you said it like five times. But oh, that's, that's his name. Up.
2: His name is Gabri Ponte. No,
1: but you kept on saying like, you and you were getting more and more like you were getting more and more Lucy Zelich every time you said it. You were adding something to it, and I was like, I was like Kath to him last week when he was saying, you know, the female doctor. There was a female, the female doctor. There was a strong female woman. Female human. The female, you know, the female there's human. This,
2: there's a movie on at the moment. Single white female. He's uh,
1: needs to be retitled. Single to be retitled. A
2: single white woman. Single white woman. <laughs>
1: But listening back to it, Kath did have a grievance, and I've got to tell you, I get where she's coming from because you were dropping female a lot in this. Oh well. <laughs> Funny stuff. Excellent boys, Funny fantastic! Stuff. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, we're going to. Did you just call me your boy. I said thank you, boys.
2: Well, I'm highly offended. I'll get Kath to send you a message. I and didn't clarify say, that.
1: Thank you, men.
2: Gentlemen, thank you.
1: Uh. F- who do we usually go to first? Tim Davis. Always a pleasure,
2: Sean. Go the Mighty Blues.
1: For Arrivederci, ragazzi. For me, Sean Peter Butch. Thank you so much for listening. We'll catch you again next week. Right. Well done. Let's go. <laughs> well done. Let's go.